It's Wednesday again, lawyer talk off the record on the air, still hunkered in the bunker at channel 511 Studio C. We are keeping our social distance. It just so happens that we can sit in a triangle six feet apart safely here in Studio C. Uh, And it's another Blitz Wednesday, so what does that mean? Here's what's coming at you. We have got uh, a phone-in, legal questions, free legal advice on the Blitz 99.7. So anybody who's been listening to this for the last decade or so as I've been doing it, now we have... Uh, one of the little niceties that came out of the COVID mess, which is I have, we have now coupled it with lawyer talk. So it's uh, the the lawyer talk crew gets to answer the Blitz listen or the uh, the Blitz Nation's questions. So uh, while we're waiting on that interface, uh, here we are. What are we doing? Still closed down. Jared, with the new order, where you are you is advanced vapor operating again uh we started operating uh tuesday that was yesterday um yeah yeah we had curbside pickup and then we have appointments that people can come in to where they you know schedule an appointment they come in at a time and that's because we've been closed and people have had issues and problems and you know if they got something broken or it's not working or if you wanted to it's kind of like like even uh dwine said if you want to go to the jewelry store schedule it you know, if they're going to come in, let's say they want a new device, you can spend anywhere from $15 to $500. Yeah. So you're going to want to go through and, and check it out. So what have they been doing the last two months? Like ordering on Amazon or something? Yes. Huh. Well, I mean, it hasn't been a full two months that, I mean, yeah, well, yeah, it's been. It's been two months. Yeah, it's been it? two months. Yeah. Man, that's crazy. We've been, we, we've been shipping. We've what been, I'm finding. We've been doing oh, you've been orders. shipping. Yeah. Okay. All right. But I mean that was very small. And well, this is like just... a hacker's delight right now because yesterday what happened to me is I'm working upstairs and I get this email that says, "Oh, are they trying to patch in?" Not yet. We're still good. I get this email that says your email address from my email at work has been changed on Amazon to Stacy underscore Adams seven eight six nine three two four eight whatever at nu. I'm like, well, that ain't right. So then I check my Amazon account. Sure enough, I can't get in it. It's my email's been changed to Stacy Adams, and of course the, my credit cards are on there. Stacey my Adams. my bank cards. So I immediately call the bank and say freeze the card so nobody can do whatever. And guess what? When you call Amazon helpline, what do you think happens? Due to the COVID nineteen pandemic, we are operating with limited staff, and so we cannot field your question right now. So after like an hour, I finally get through to somebody, and they're like, "Look, we'll freeze your account," but. It's like, I was like, oh my gosh, this pandemic's making it so these guys are in my account and I can't do anything to stop it. You know what I mean? So hopefully. What's their, so what's the remedy? I canceled my cards. So if they tried to purchase anything, it would have just denied them because the cards are not where I froze them. Um, And then they can see all the books I ordered and stuff, learn a little bit more about my life. (laughs) <laughs> Man, that's sort of dangerous. It's so, scary. Like they're checking out all the porn that you've ordered, all the all that uh, stuff's yeah. on there. Yeah, they know all my deep dark secrets on Amazon, all my wish lists. Yeah, well, and well, people been. But what scared me is they added this. What's the you know the two step deal on Amazon? Yeah, the there's some sort of two step yeah. verification. So they changed the telephone number associated with the account, the email associated with the account, the password associated with the account, and the two step verification. So I was totally locked out. I couldn't. I couldn't get into the account at all. I mean, hackers are good at social distancing. Oh, yeah. I, well, mean, that, I mean, that's that's right up there. That you know, is their game. That's it. Yeah, that is their game. You know, it's interesting that 
it's like there's always something that emerges out of something else. So bad or good, you know, now, now we've got the shutdown. So what do hackers do? They realize that nobody can fix this quickly. So boom, they're, yeah. they're on it. But and, it looks like everything's available on Amazon. Somebody told me that they were like only shipping for a period of time, like essential stuff. For a while they were. Well, yeah. Before that had happened, I'd, I had ordered some uh, funnels and filters for motorcycle accessory parts for changing, just, just parts for changing oil. And uh, it was supposed to come in like three days. And then it says, your order been delayed. And then I didn't get it for like three weeks later. Like the, they gave me an, you know, an estimated time, whatever it's going to be. And then yeah. they held it. And at that same time, I'd ordered some sugar-free gummy fish, right? And those showed up. And those showed up. Well, some of that <laughs> may be where it is locally. Some of it may be where they have to drop ship it from and you know, might have to do with uh, – uh, where, where it's warehoused. On the other hand, I think what they what they did is they didn't cancel all those orders or not fill them. They just put them. They, 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 they shipped them. other stuff first. Yes, and I think they ramped up their yeah. their shipping chain. I guess resources pretty quickly. At which the start great. of this, I got excited because my mom did once in a while. She gets me those pizzas from St. Louis that I love, and she's like, "Hey, just order you some new pizzas." It's kind of with everything going on as a home, a little down. I was like, oh, "Pick me up a little bit." Next day, she texts me and says. They canceled all orders. Nah. They're not delivering. <laughs> I wish somebody would hack in and see my reading list. It might be good for the nation. <laughs> it's like, I'll give them all sorts of good stuff to read. <laughs> we'll start with like John Locke. I might even go back. And I have so much Thomas random Hobbs. stuff on there. I, I ordered all the hot ones, hot sauces at one point. So they just recommend hot sauces to me constantly. Uh, yeah, I've, I've ordered sugar-free Russell Stovers and gummy bears yeah. and hot oh, wheel cars. Keto time. And, uh, Cookie Monster Apparel for Shorty, and uh, they must be like, "Oh, this guy's got kids." Yeah, right. <laughs> but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> they get me with the Hot Wheels, bro. They do. They do because there's all kinds of sellers. Well, you on got there. A, quite a bit of collection. I've got a pretty big collection, and they and then I, I've I've found a couple nice, nice, nice pieces. You know, yeah, from the from the '80s, from the '70s. You can you know you can find them on there, yeah. and uh, then they if I, you buy one, they're like, hey. Look what we just found for you, bro. Yeah. You, you probably need this. Like you said, you bought the hot sauce. They're like, hey. You probably need this, you, too. You probably, you like that and they hot always sauce. try Check to upgrade this one you. Like, oh, you pick these two, you know, for five bucks more, and you throw in this little third one here. Or if you buy one item, they're like this. Usually people buy these other two items as well. Yeah. You know I mean, what I mean? Recommended. I mean, how are you yeah. going to plug it into that and this? Yeah. Is, I, oh, you like hot sauces? How about this book on how to make your own <laughs> hot sauce at home? It's a, it's a good <laughs> package deal. <laughs> Did you guys, uh, you know, we were talking about uh, frauds, and and I've now had two people contact me about these shipping scam frauds or shipping scheme frauds, where you're going to get an, uh, you're going to work from home, right? What better time during COVID to work from home? And all you have to do is sign up, create an LLC, get a bank account, and they're going to ship you. They being the fraudsters are going to ship you items that you have to package up and repackage oh, yeah, and then forward that. off. Yeah. And then money magically shows up in your bank account. Well, you never really get there and they're going to pay you 4,000 a month or 5,000 a month or something. Well, you never really get paid. And what they're doing is it's a, it's like a, a conspiracy between two fraudsters. Yeah. You've got the people who stole somebody else's credit card. Uh, and what they're going to do is buy these goods and then ship them to you. You're going to reship them to somebody else. You're just a middle, unwinning middleman. Yeah. And, uh, it's probably Stacy Adams underscore seven, three, four, two, eight, yeah, three. So, yeah. yeah. It's the same kind of thing. <laughs> and then they started to do, you know, what else is booming right now, which made me think of this is uh Bitcoin. Uh, so what they, what they also do is have you go make deposits into Bitcoin machines, which I had no idea existed. I I, I've never seen one. 
um, into some sort of Bitcoin device. I mean, maybe I think they're around. Yeah, they're around. I just don't know where to find one. Um, and and then they, they that's their sort of underground dark currency that they're that they're using to run their fraud schemes. I don't want any Bitcoin, man. It seems like every time I hear Bitcoin in our practice, it's related to something illegal. It's always related to money laundering, yeah. fraud, drug yeah. deals, something. I saw, I saw like on National Geographic, they've got like the drug world under something yeah. like that. And they were in New York and they were investigating on the uh, the dark web, you know. And they would go on there to where you have to know. I mean, the dark web is the same web, but you got to enter in the full site, you know, whatever it is. Slash, yeah, so slash, you go dot, to the dot, thing dot, and dot. it says password or whatever. Well, you have to get a password to get in it. I don't know. They got on this and it had everything from meth, to ecstasy, to mushrooms, to weed and everything like that. And then sometimes if you didn't have a Bitcoin, they would prefer somebody. So this, then you could like contact through somebody to the dark web, go down. They were in New York. They go down the street. This guy just kind of shows up. They give him $300 cash. He gives him a little piece of paper with a number on it. And he's like, that's the number you use. That's $300 worth of Bitcoins right there. Yeah. So then they go back up to that same place. They enter in those Bitcoin numbers. Boom, it gets cleared. And then the and drugs get delivered. And buy your stuff. Yeah. Jeez. And I think I'd said this when this first came out. I said, do you know who's going to really like this? The Costa Nostra. The Mafia. <laughs> and uh, they're doing well. They really are. They're making a great comeback. They've had a few down years. But they're getting backing from Italy mm. because the the mothership uh, really, you know, they went through it worse than we did. And these small businesses that are getting, that are opening and getting opened and, yeah. and uh, yeah, to getting food, you know, they're, they're, they're putting a stranglehold on that. So they're starting to really generate some good revenue. Well, look, whenever there's Both a the American scare- and, and the Italian mafia working together, yeah. they're doing like in New York. With currency like that, the laundering, the ability to launder is so easy. Well, that is the purpose. Like, but you know what else is going on that's relative to Bitcoin is that did you see, and I haven't researched this, but I just read an article, um, and I don't remember even where I found the article, but it had to do with the Fed and the interest rate. And apparently Japan did this already. They, they have made a negative interest rate. Um, so, you know, the Fed number is, is you know, whatever it is, three whatever, who knows. And, and then now they're talking about rolling ours back so it's negative. So in effect, you have to... Uh, pay the banks to store your money. I, I think that's how that all shakes out. I mean, I have no idea what that would do economically, but it's driving the Bitcoin prices up because <clears throat> it just is, right? I mean, you, what's you, better? Yeah, yeah. So maybe I'm going to get into Bitcoin, or maybe I should have gotten into Bitcoin when we at Lawyer Talk were way ahead of this months ago. So knowing what you know, though, if you accept Bitcoin and that Bitcoin has changed hands and that Bitcoin was originally drug money, I think you have to have some more intent than maybe. I guess but, I, I guess I could work with cash too. We I mean, cash, cash is out fluctuating around. Now, Somebody gives ten bucks at McDonald's, that might come back to you. Yeah, I think it's more. Yeah. It's probably it's probably closer than that to money laundering, but not as far as actual being a participant in it. Yeah. Um, but what about? Uh, I just had another thought. Oh, yeah, I think we professionally have a different obligation. Now, what if we somebody wanted to pay their legal fees with Bitcoin? Uh, now I think. Yeah. There, there's have you ever accepted more, Bitcoin? No. no. No, it's like cash. So if somebody brings in me money that's still got wet, well, the funny red thing dye is, on though, it. it's fluctuating every day. Yeah, no, it's up and down. I mean, it's you know like I mean? it's like, like a future. Yeah, one like, day you got paid three hundred, yeah. next day three thousand, next, the next day, day thirty cents. Yeah, it's like I just lost fifty bucks on this in a day. It's like I don't right. know what I yeah. get paid. All right, let me make a call here and see what. Yeah. Have the technology. Got a little frog in my throat. Hope it's not. Hope it's not the vid. Oh, dude! Everybody.
everybody's gonna get bit by the corona financially this, mentally physically. there's this hornet coming the size of my cell phone i saw that i saw that craziness there it's eating bees or something dude i saw dragging rats stinging and dragging rats back to their hive better get some raid get something i guess the good news is they're so big you can punch me in the face hey rick all right, Steve Palmer, giving legal advice, almost as real as this. So if you guys want to get in on that super real topic, well, let's do it right now. 821-9970. In all seriousness, Steve Palmer dropping straight knowledge. If you've had a question that's right on the tip of your tongue, on the top of your head, well, let's get it out, man. Call, text, he's on live next. All right, so here's what we got going on. We, got, we have, once again, linked up through technology. But that's just blitz. linked to your mic, right? No, no, no. No, it's linked it's all, to all of us. We're all on Did there. you talk last time? No, no. no. See, I, I, last time I was always uh, this. Uh, we only did, I did it from home. This is the first uh, uh, in in the house blitz. Yeah, I want to know from uh, Loper who's he got. He got Ferguson or Gagey this weekend. Are they actually doing the fight? They're actually doing the fight. It's huge. Oh, yeah, where at? Uh, I don't think it's at Fight Island. Either. I think it's in Vegas, but I don't are think they, there's a crowd. No crowd. Are they good? And they all got masks? tested. They all got tested for coronavirus. Yeah, like the up your nose like deal if see if you have the, the brain swab yeah i wish i was on that card just so i could get the freaking testing one of our uh, customers that made an appointment came in with a mask he works at vans and uh he said that they've all been tested really? at the gun store yeah he said he Van. said oh. that he said that they got the he said man he's like to the brain bro. i heard it he it's was bad. like he yeah. said man it's to the brain i've heard it's really hard um i'm glad advance is open yep yep i i, I we stocked up advances. I, I, I'll, I won't be back there for another five years, I'm sure. I got enough to I never, enough to kill the zombies right now. Yeah, I want to be able to kill more zombies than anybody else ever. <laughs> no, that's an impossible, that's that's an arms race that I can't win, I don't think. But I, I do want to kill more zombies than anybody else. So what we got going on now is we are waiting for, you know, ordinarily I'd be standing in the studio sort of uh, hanging out, talking about whatever. And uh, now we're in our studio. What I mean, was standing in the studio, had been at the Blitz at 99.7 with Loper and Randy. But here we are in our studio, C, down at 5.11, and it's almost like... Uh, this is a lot easier. It's uh, meant to be. I, I was always in Studio J when we did this, which means that due to hookup, I'd have to run out to my truck, and I would listen to the, to the Blitz in my truck, and then I'd come back in to finish up. But now I get to be a part of it all. Now and it's, now it's and all ironically... Cool. I got it all figured out after we were able to open up the studio with safety measures, of course. Distancing. See, we're, we're see, it's six feet. I got short arms. That's easily six feet. Yeah. So we're doing uh, we're doing our part to keep it safe, um, reasonably anyway. And I wonder, you know, you got there. You're talking about those tests. Uh, I read another article this morning. It's like I bet you at the end of this the percentage of people that have been exposed to this and had it either asymptomatically or with like minor symptoms that made you maybe felt like an allergy or a cold or even maybe a little sick where you had to stay home a day. I'll bet you that percentage will be astronomically high. Well, 85. it's like we had a bad yeah. flu season. Like I, there's a number of people that came to me and was like, yeah, I'm trying to get back on the horse here. I was out for about a week. It's about the sixth I've ever been, man. I just had this really bad flu, but that was like, late December, January ish. So people were like, Oh, this is just starting in China or whatever. You know what I mean? It's like, didn't, they didn't think it was here yet. So I don't know who knows how fast this thing spread. All it takes is one dude flying home on a business trip and it's here. Yep. We will never you know be able I mean? to prove nor disprove 
if the if the isolation, if the if the shutting everything down worked, or if it didn't work. You'll never be able to prove it. You'll never be able to disprove it. Well, I think what we will be able to prove eventually, if somebody does it, is uh, antibody testing. We'll be able to tell how many people have been exposed, and then we can find out. I guess premised upon truthful answers, or at least how reliable the, the questionnaires would be. How sick did you get? When did you get sick? I mean, if, you, if if somebody tested me and I'm positive for it and they said, were you sick? I would say, I don't think so. I don't remember being sick at all this year. I was sick. I was I sick for like sick. a day. I had a remember I had a fever. I went home for like a day. That was like in late January, February, bit. maybe. And that's when uh, Bill got Bill sick. got really sick. So I thought I had his thing, but then I woke up the next day and I felt okay. Now Bill got really sick. So what is the variable there? If I were guessing scientifically, because I'm a scientist, you know, uh, I would guess that he smokes. And yeah. uh, if he smokes cigarettes, then the inflammation. I mean, that that's one of the things that <clears throat> makes you very susceptible to getting very sick from COVID nineteen. But they also found that nicotine helps battle off the COVID-19. Well, no, and really? I'm not even kidding around on this, <laughs> but in France, they had to put a limit because everybody's going to buy the gum and patches because oh. they did these studies in China and found that the, the heavy smokers with more nicotine had less, it was actually, which now if you've got the breathing, you, that, that, that's going to, there, there's, yeah. a, there's things. a confusion because yeah. smoke is really not good for your lungs at all. And well, that's, that's like the alcohol there. talk. It's and like one glass of wine a day is good for this and this and this. You know what well, I mean? like, and there's a difference between getting nicotine by like uh, a patch versus right. inhaling it with a combustible material like tobacco. I mean, that's and there's a, a difference a, between a vapor device. Yeah, and they, they yeah. were yeah in France they had a big big deal. They were like, look, people need the Chantex gum and people need the you know I mean people need the uh, right. the patch and so they were limited you know how much you could buy because there were like toilet paper in it. You know what I mean they heard that oh my god nicotine fights it off. Let me get some. I was like, man, we need more of these reports in America. Hello? You guys there? Hey, Steve. Hey, man. All right. I'm going to put you on hold, and we'll be coming on here in one minute, okay? Perfect. One minute. All right, hang on. Have you done comedians here? Have not. Bro, the, the only other time I was here was the, whenever we sat down here. That was it. That was Dude, the first Jason time I Jason Banks' back. stuff on Instagram is hilarious, man. Yeah, he's doing a good job, man. Dude, those little stories he's doing. Did you see the uh, the wedding one? He was the DJ at the wedding. That one's hilarious. And then he, he did one that ended with coming out of the bathroom with Dr. Dre playing in the background. I was like, dude, I'm losing it. It is hilarious. Actually, he came over to my house, stopped by. He needed some vape goods. And uh, he stopped by, and I had uh, had the... Zoom setup. We recorded a little something. I don't know. I've listened to it if it's a show or not. But it was just me and him. And, and actually, when we sat down. He's like, "This is what I needed, man." He's like, oh, "I yeah. needed to get in front of a mic." Yeah. Because he came in at the mic setup. He sat down, put that, put the headset on, just started talking to the mic. Because he doesn't have. I mean, he's got his phone. He's doing this great. You know, he's he's doing, on the phone. He's, he's in the backyard he's, the other day. He's, he's like, he's, "How the Wizard of Oz yeah, should have he, ended." <laughs> like, he, dude, it, there's a tin man right there. <laughs> Hey, how's it going? Here we are. Hey, pretty good, man. Welcome to the show. So uh, we do have uh, somebody already on the line. Who is this, Rick? Uh, Liz? All right, Liz, you're live with Steve, our legal analyst here on the show. So uh, if you have your question ready, go ahead. Hey, Liz. Liz, did you die? All right, she's gone, so let's get the text. Okay, I got one. Listening in at work, I would like to know about child abandonment. I have full custody of my youngest son, who is four. His mother up and left us about three years ago, and now 
has contacted me and ha- well, I'm sorry, and now hasn't contacted me in over two years. She has visitation rights to him, but um, I'd rather not confuse him with his so-called mom entering his life when right. she pleases and disappears again. I'm unable to collect child support due to her collecting Social Security and can't get Social Security for him because she doesn't have him on her case. Wondering what I can do as far as abandonment. Yeah, what do you think, Steve? Yeah, here's what I think. I think this is a situation that needs to go back to domestic relations court to reallocate all the parental rights in order to give, uh, I forget this individual's name, but in order to give this person, in order to give Liz, uh, no, 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 this wasn't Liz. Liz was on the phone. Uh, But in Uh, order to give, uh, give her or him of sole parental rights. Now that can be done in a couple of different ways, but generally what happens is you would go file a motion to modify custody or parenting time in domestic relations court. And to the extent you can't find the other parent, you actually have to give them notice by publication. And it's, I don't want to say it's a farce because it's not, I mean, you have to try reasonably uh, to get them noticed somehow. And if they don't show up, then the court will proceed without that other other individual there. And then once the once you've got sole custody, then you're the one that has control over all of it, like where they go to school, uh, government benefits if they apply, and any other parental decisions that you have to make day in and day out about things like health care. So uh, it starts with going to court. And I, I can't think of any other good way to do it. And I think it's, it's sort of like uh, even though right now nothing – is really bad about it. It sounds like this other person has not come back and tried to make any sort of claims. I would go ahead and do it anyway in case it happens in the future. You just don't want this kind of time bomb out there uh, that could go off. I would I would get this done as soon as possible. So with small businesses opening back up and businesses all over the state really uh, starting to open up within the next week, what can people do to kind of keep themselves protected? Like, do people that own businesses need to go out and get a lawyer to advise them? Well, you know, it's really, really complicated. <clears throat> you know, some of this stuff about uh, the PPP loans and these other sort of, quote, benefits that they or things the government is giving small businesses aren't so easy to deal with. And I know a lot of small business owners who have had to not only consult with lawyers, but bankers as well as their accountants and pay lots of dollars to figure out how to allocate those funds in order to meet the the regulatory scheme uh, in place. And, and again, I'm not, uh, I guess I'm not impugning the, the purpose behind these loans, but it does get complicated. Now, as far as uh, complying with the regulations that are coming out of the, out of the state government, you know, I, I don't know what to tell people because they seem to change every day. And that's the problem when we deal with uh, law by uh, by government fiat. And I don't mean, I understand there's an emergency declared and there are things that are happening in real time every day, but it's really difficult to follow the standards when they change daily. So I, the best advice I could give, the best advice I could give people legally speaking would be make sure you are doing everything you can in your business to be reasonably safe. And the market will figure it out. I mean, if you're the business that doesn't require masks and you're the business that doesn't, uh, if you're the business that doesn't uh, uh, make people stay distanced, then you're going to be the one that, uh, uh, that people don't go to. All right. So it looks like. Uh, Sounds like we'll try it again next week. Sounds like cancel culture. What's going on? You're trying to discriminate against my phone here? Something happened. Plug back in, brother. That's too bad. Sounds like they had some callers, man. Like they were ready to go with it. Yeah, they did. You know, we're going to have to figure that out. It's the first time that that's happened. We uh, how did we that had, die? What happened? Uh, somehow the the call got dropped 
and we're just going to have to uh, figure out a different way. Oh, the call got dropped, huh? Yeah. So I think what we're going to do is uh, we're going to figure that out next week. But anyway, I mean, we got some input in there. That's a that's a bum deal. You know what we need to do? <laughs> that really is there, man. Because uh, I like the follow-up questions. See, I, I like getting the other questions that we can sit here and, and kind of expand on it because he's yeah. only got so long to talk about it yeah, on, the, yeah. on the air there. And that way we get some good. Uh, but I've got some responses here. I mean, I got that text I sent you. I can read that from yeah, a let's listener. Do, and, let's, let's do some stuff here. Let's and, get, and, uh, and we've got some stuff that we can roll with here. What are we going to say about the oven? Oh, there's this oven that they got out, right? That's a refrigerator and an oven. So, like, if you left, this is back in the day when people would leave their house. It really doesn't make any sense now. But you could put, like, a casserole in it yeah. in the morning. Right, and you're like, man, I'm going to be working late, and I'm going to the gym, and want to have dinner. It's so that at like seven o'clock, it would stop being a refrigerator, and the oven would turn on. Oh my gosh! You know what I mean? So you can yeah. put. You know what I mean? So it's just not like you can't just like you know leave the house and for eight hours or what five hours, six hours have have your food just setting in the oven. You yeah, know what can mean? you imagine though? There's probably so much condensation in that thing. It goes so cool and then so hot. Well, I would have to imagine. I don't know. I mean, I I don't know how it works. Jeez. I think it's Kenmore. Oh, this you know, is this, this, this is legit. Like yeah, this, oh, is, this is real. Yeah, yeah, this okay. is like uh, you know innovators out there, bro. I mean, they, probably space age polymers in there, dude. Probably I mean, you could put some ribs in there, like set. five a.m. Just say what day? When do I want to? I'm working late. When do I want to kick those babies on? That's it, man. You could probably. I bet you they got a, an app. You could probably be yeah. like, I'm gonna be home early. Boom, bidi bop, boom, and yeah. then you got. Well, that's what early. the Instapots have now. I never. I'll be honest, man. Instapot. I don't know, man. What are you missing? I don't know how I feel about it. Do you do ribs yet? Uh, I have. I mean, they're kind of hit and miss, I feel like. I I miss the old just put the lid on, the glass lid on, and just let it go. It's just, it's maybe I'm just too complicated. Ribs done in 30 minutes. Done. I don't have an Instapot. I like the old, the old school, dude. I got the pellet, pellet smoker. I like that. Yeah. 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 That fires up. Been using it quite a bit during uh, the lockdown. Well, look, let's do this. I'm just what's craving your, fresh food, man. Since since we didn't get a full battery of questions, what's your question? You, you, you sent well, I mean, I sent the one text there, but I let's, mean. Let's just do that one. And then, we want to do that one. And then I think what we need to we do. We were kind of getting out of Corona, but this is going to bring us right back into it. But, I mean, we can we can bring it up here. Let me see what I got to well, send we, it we, to we, But a uh, friend of mine sent me that he was listening to the latest COVID-19 update. Says he's loving it. He said, uh, don't know if you want to bring this up topic, though. A coworker of mine was harassed yesterday. She is Asian, Japanese, and uh, some asshole in a Subaru ran up on her on uh, walking out of a store and just starts yelling and being very abusive. It is. She's about the size of Shorty and as, as sweet as can be, he said. But some fuck thought it was his right to blame everything that's going on in her. She said that she was scared for her life. And uh, he was like, yeah, I just thought it might be a good topic to throw by Steve there. And, well, I hear and that's that's horrible, man. Here, here's my take on this. <laughs> so it's he's like, basically saying anybody that looks Asian is from China and you came here and you... It's so ignorant. It's so ignorant. I mean, yeah. come on. I mean, here, here's my take on this. And somebody gave me this advice long, long ago. It's not like it's, it's new. They just said, you know, these kind of uh, troubled times in adversity, they don't create character, they expose character. Mm-hmm. So when you've got a tremendous amount of stress, when you've got pressure on you, when you can't get paid, you have no money, when your life seems to be falling apart and everything is, is, is crumbling around you, how you behave is, is, is telling, you know, and, and, and I'm not saying everybody behaves well. I mean, even I have blown up, oh, I, you I know, we all have, but, 
Uh, that kind of behavior is absurd <clears throat> to me. I mean, anybody who thinks that they are going to, I mean, let's say it's true. Let's just take it as absurdly true that somehow this person who appears to be Asian uh, is responsible for Corona. Like what is being a jackass and screaming at that person, even if all that were true, uh, solve? It solves nothing. And of course it's not true. It's the most, it's the dumbest, most ignorant thing you've ever heard of. So if you want you go to Columbus zoo and shake your fist at the bats, right? Let's go kill bats. (laughs) Right. This is like, uh, you know, it's, it, this, this just reflects awful, awful behavior and, and ignorance. Well, it's sad that she has to go through that. Yeah. She should have saw it coming. He was driving a Subaru. I'm just going to have to say. And where do they make those? It was Australia, I'm pretty sure. Are they Australia? They probably do it yeah. here now. I don't know. It's a Aussie company. I, I, don't, I don't really know where they are. I think they, I don't know if they import it still from there. Do they? Do know. we have manufacturing Subaru here in America? There's a lot yeah, of Subaru probably. places. Here. I mean, there's, there's a lot be. there, but I'm just going to have to say Subaru drivers, usually I I'm, I'm not a fan. No, but I'm I've heard Subarus are very reliable cars. Oh, they're great cars. Yeah, yeah. sure. I have a buddy that only buys Subarus because they're so reliable. I don't think they're reliable, are they? I mean, Subaru. I mean, that was their tout for a long time, but then if they break, it's like he I, swears I, by them. Really? All right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my truck is seems to be very reliable. It hardly. I mean, I've not had any problems with my truck. I had to put tires on it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I a mechanic that I trust, and it's very rare that I can say that, but a mechanic I trust said a long time ago, "You're going Chevy and Ford. Their trucks are strong." Or Ram or whatever. A lot of those companies are their trucks are strong. So he's saying the Ameri- the big three American trucks are are strong. are strong. But when you get down to like the you know two door sort of economy cars, not as strong. Go with the Honda. Go with the Civic if that's what you want to buy. You want to buy a little you know family car that has good gas mileage and all that stuff. It's like Honda or. or uh, but he is a, you want a powerful truck, you go with American. I uh, another yeah. mechanic told me he goes like if you're going to buy one of those cars like the American. Uh, I'm trying to think of what one is like the. I'm, Chevette keeps coming to mind, but not the Chevette. What's the Chevy small little? A new one? The, a pea shooter, yeah. A cobalt or something. Oh, yeah. 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 Don't He's, they have an electric one now, too? He was just like, those are, they're, they're just, he called them disposable. <laughs> those, those are disposable cars. Like, th- that breaks. I mean, it's going to break down, but it's just not worth fixing. Just, just get rid of it and get a new one. It's disposable. I got caught up in a, in a YouTube hole there of watching retro car commercials. Oh. And I and I I watched it for hours and hours, you know. What I mean, but there was some from the older, and then I started sixties and seventies, and then the eighties, and then rabbit hole. There. And you know, I found out that someone was crazy in the eighties. There, they were offering like eleven point nine percent financing. I'm like eleven point nine percent, and that's a deal. You know, yeah. I mean, that's what they're offering. It's you crazy. know, that, that was I was like, man, that's crazy now. Uh, and then, but then again, you saw some of the small cars, like the sprints that they had there, and and you know, they're going for like five thousand dollars. Yeah, see, I don't want to do. I, I don't know enough about the economics, but I got a, I got a hypothesis that we could test. If if interest rates were eleven and a half percent or whatever it is, the car prices uh, did it were cheaper. So the money's coming one way or another. And I remember there was an era, Jared, you might remember Jeff. I don't know if you would. There was an era where it shifted. Uh, everybody used to buy cars. There was never like, if you were leasing cars, it was because you had like this big fleet of whatever. And a car lease was this mystical thing. And then all of a sudden it became mainstream. And then what happened almost immediately, car prices skyrocketed. So in 1984, I think my parents bought and it was rare to get a new car for us anyway. I mean, if you got a new car in those days, it was like every uh, – we had car – I mean, you just I think didn't I ever, do it. I've ever had a new car. We got the 1984 Honda Accord, and I think it was about $10,000 in 1984. And I'll bet you by 94, that had almost doubled uh, or at least gotten up to the high teens. 
And I don't, I'll bet you if you looked at inflation, it, it's not, it didn't track the same. It probably went up more than what inflation went up. But then people started to lease cars. And I think what happened is uh, in order to lease a car effectively, you have to have, you have to figure out what's called, you were in the car business, you get this. So you have to figure out what's called the residual value, which is what's it worth in four years or three years or two years. And in, in order to get that value up, you had to inflate the price of the car to begin with. And there we go. But then interest rates were lower, so you could charge more for the car, and everybody was all about the payment then. It's like, what are you paying for it? It's like, all right, I'll just pay 500 a month for the rest of my life for a car. I don't roll that way, but a lot of people do. And, you know, my accountant, here's how accountants work. You got one, Jared. <clears throat> they always say, uh, it's like it's always a value thing. So it's like, all right, it's better to lease a car because at least you know you're paying only for what you use. And when you get rid of it, you uh, – you know that you've only paid for what you use, and that makes perfect sense. But it doesn't take into account all the other things that go into the equation. Like, uh, all right, if you get if you keep it for five years and you had a five year loan, then all of a sudden you're flying free for the next however long without a car, and you can just feels like you got a raise. So I, I don't uh, know. When I first started dating Shorty. She had a Jeep that she had leased from uh, Rikerd, and uh, at one point in time, we had to buy her another car. Because we had to park it. We couldn't put any more miles on it. And I forget yeah. that it was an astronomical amount per mile that we had it. And I think it had to set for well over a year. And she had already gone way over the mileage. And 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 then they had to put new tires on it. I remember the turning. She ended up, she was involved in a class action lawsuit. I think she got 40 bucks. But where they <laughs> where they had uh, hit hit all of these people with these horrible lease deals. Yeah. And I remember, yeah. uh, my, like you said, my dad, he bought a 1980 Bonneville. I remember he bought that. It was brand new. And he drove it diesel. And we had it until he sold it. I think it had something like 350, maybe maybe more miles on it, 350, 400,000 miles on it. Because he bought it because he used to drive from Missouri to Louisiana where, when he worked in the Gulf. So, you know, I mean, he had, you know, two days drive for every week's worth of work. Jeez. So. Now, then they leased this Dodge Intrepid, and it was a nice car. But I remember that they got pretty burned on that, too. But that was kind of it. I think that was like a 94. So it was like in the beginning of the 90s is when everybody was pushing the, these leases. Because like you said, yeah. nobody got leases before. And then they started really going through and pushing with the lease. And uh, I, I'm sure there's some now with buyouts that you can work. People are divided back. on that, man. But some people are always leasers. Some people are only buyers. I've, I'm, I've never leased. My my wife's family is that you don't they don't lease. And then I have people across the street from me that have just had great experiences leasing. I mean, he'll go in to get an oil change and like, hey, you know, we can cut this and just give you a brand new car. It just like, depends. Okay. Right, do you, you want to be I mean? the it's person? Like, I mean, and this is what Glenn would, or the accountants would say this. Like, all right, so you just have to budget. It costs you. $400 a month to drive. And that's it. Then you never have to fix your car. You don't have to worry about your car. It's always new. It's always, uh, you know, it's always the latest and greatest. And that's that. Um, you just have to accept that. Now, let's say you buy it and it costs you 400 bucks or 500 bucks for five years. And now to me, it's like a game. All right. So if I keep it another five years, that's like, I'm, I'm 50% ahead because then, you know, now you keep it another 10 years. Now you're rocking and rolling. But uh, then you have to factor in the maintenance and all the other stuff that you have to do. Yeah. But I have factored in maintenance before, and $400 a month compared to 700 a year really isn't that bad once you get there. And if you like the car, and if you want to keep it. And then there's one point in time, too, when you have it to where you're like, I either got to sell it now 
or I got to drive it till right. the wheels fall off. Because you know, it's like, what, what is I it? Do. Like you yep. get to, you get yeah. to like 80,000 or maybe somebody told me once, if you let it go past 80,000 miles, like even 81,000, it changes the dynamic or maybe yeah. it was 90. I don't 90. know. Yeah. There like, is no sales that I've experienced like buying a car. That is like the biggest shell game. I, I just, I, I am so in a, in a just awkward, I just feel so anxious. The shell games kind of got, got bent though with the internet. You know, the internet kind of fixed I mean, it. The internet really, really ruined it. And then, like I said, I sold cars. It wasn't for long. It was for three months at, uh, you know, Bluegrass Chrysler there in Lexington, Kentucky. And uh, one of the Hatfields uh, owned it. And he was of the Hatfield family. You've heard Hatfield's got some oh, car yeah. lots out here. Mm-hmm. And uh, literally, sometimes we wouldn't, they, I did not know the price of the cars as a salesman. Like what you bought, like, what like you these for were, it? like on the used end. Yeah, like they're like, how much is this car? I was always told to find out how much they want their payment to be. Gotcha. Okay, and gotcha. I couldn't, and you know, I mean, to where I remember before, like somebody, like the sales manager's gone, they grab the sales list and Xerox copy, and then we have it out to see where you can see what they have. So in even it. with its employees, it was yeah, a even the, bit it, funky. Yeah, it's, it's funky because yeah. that's why they're always like, I gotta go talk to my manager because you're like, this is BS, and it's like, well, whenever I was doing it. I did not have the number. I really had to sit down with you and be like, what do you want to put down on it? Yeah. Where do you want your payment to be? You just yeah. had the sticker. Yeah, no, not, not on the used cars. We didn't oh, have the used cars. On the used yeah, cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the used Steve, ones. you were around when I bought that car. Remember that crap where I was going through? Right. I just walked away and told him no, and my phone's ringing like every couple hours with some new adjustment. Right. He's no, like, just it, let it keep ringing. Just let it keep ringing. <laughs> I mean, because there's a time when I feel like I'm getting the right, I'm getting all the good information and maybe I'm not, but there, I, like sometimes I walk in, I feel like I'm not getting ripped off. Other times I walk in and it's the shell game you're talking about. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm not going to play this. Nonsense. I bought that car and I, we dealt with this one salesman and I had a daughter on the way. I have another daughter that's going to need a car. I had a car that was crapping out, but this car was for my wife and I just got to run around and I'm not going to name who it is, what company it is, but man, I tell you, then I went back for the first oil change because, you know, part of that deal is you get so many oil changes, you know, you bring it in on time. So I bring it in on time and they come out with me. All This was one of these certified pre-owned. We checked it all. They come out with all these problems. And I was like, well, I mean, doesn't that the whole deal? I mean, this is my first oil change since buying this car. The whole deal, the certified pre-owned, that doesn't, that's not covered on this. It's like, oh, well, these three aren't. And I'm just like looking See, at them like, I've bought, how many cars have I, I bought? One car since then. And my daughters are going to get, I mean, if I had a good relationship with him early on, I would have bought probably four cars from him over my lifetime. You know what I mean? But I, I didn't feel like I was treated right. So I was just like, heck with this dude. Now my father would take at, at minimum a year. I don't know if he, year to three years before he'd buy a car. And whenever he would drive from Southern Missouri to the Gulf of Mexico, he would, you know, I mean, whatever, you know, from Arkansas to, you know, whatever state he would go through. He would stop at, at all the car dealerships. I mean, so he would he would go multiple states yeah. before he would run through and get. The My deal. father-in-law is like that. I mean, he will not pull a trigger. I mean, he will look and look and look and talk to a lot of people before he decides. And now you can yeah. do that sitting at home. I mean, that's what the internet's great. And I think you're right. It's like the shell game of buying a car is is changed completely because now it's the one thing that that I think. Well, here's what they opinion. do because my father-in-law has told me this a lot of times. They'll ha- keep the cars on there. 
So they're like, oh, they got this Chevy for this da 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 da. You show up there and like, oh, we don't have that one, but we have this one. That happened to me there. You know, the Marky Mark and the Funny Bunch. Yeah. When I was looking to get an SUV, they had one. I was like, where's the white oh, one? Oh, we thought we had it. And but they were like, oh, that's at our other lot in Indiana. <laughs> but it's not just that. It's not just that that gives you the advantage. It's the it's the information. So it's like you can find out whatever you want. You can find out the invent or the wholesale cost. You can find out the retail cost. You can find out the average sale price. You can find out all these things. Now I don't always trust all like the uh, the, the car broker deal or the it's w- websites, but if you look across the platform, I think you can get a pretty good idea of what the car is worth and used yeah. or new, and and then you can start shopping very easily incentives. So if you're looking at a new car, you can I can in, with just typing stuff on the keyboard find out. All right, well. This brand of car is offering XYZ, and this one is offering a different incentive program, and this one has cash back if you do this or that and the other. And then you can get the interest rate calculators and say, all right, if I buy it, if I lease it, what is it? I mean, you can figure all that out if you're interested in doing it. And then I start calculating like, all right, so if I'm paying X interest over this year or this number of years, is that better than the rebate or is it not better than the rebate or – would you rather have zero percent interest? But at some right point, now you they gotta, have zero percent interest out there for sixty months. Yeah, sixty, 60 months, zero okay. percent, and you no payment for three months. So now the question is, what so, is the price of the car too high to justify that? So if you didn't pay, or if you took the if you took the other deal, which is not no interest, there, there's gonna there's always two. You can do this or you can do that. Yeah, but right. you can't get this rebate if you take the zero right. interest. So then you well, can. Well, there's always six it. because when you show up there, you got to pick the car up at some point. So they sit down. Oh yeah, let me get the paper. Yeah, yeah you sure you don't want the tire protection? Yeah, oh, I, I no. really. And that's that that's really scares me on these the cars. Finance, it's like you just keep coming. Now I'm like, you, let me get you to Tom. No, no, no and then Tom's no, going to no. sit there and he's be like, no, it's just you know, it's simple. We can just fold it right on into your payment there. This is the final step. Dude, here. I had it all. I'm just watching it happen in front of me, and it's like, what do you do for a living? Oh, you're okay. Yeah, yeah. My 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 brother, he's in law school right now. Da, da, da. You know, he got my his friend got an OVI. He was out there in uh, Marysville. You ever do stuff out there? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm just watching it happen. I'm like, I know what you're doing, man. And he hits me with, oh, you know. These tires on these cars, I mean, you know, the, the, this, because uh, I got a uh, a Corolla. It's like, you know, they're thin tires. You, you sure you don't want that tire protection? And I'm just looking at them like, I know what you're doing, dude. No, I don't want it. <laughs> you know, it, and they make a ton of money. We had to get old Bobby W in here. I'm not going to use his full name, but old Bobby W is in that business, and he knows uh, uh, he knows uh, a lot about it. Actually, that's not the right name, but that's perfect that I used it that way because then there's no chance. But when I worked at the country club, you know, back there, you know, this is the nineties. This is when the internet was first coming out, you know, and Dick Roby, you know, he had Roby oh, yeah. Chevrolet, he had the toy barn. And, uh, then, uh, uh, Baker had the Corvette corners. Remember the Corvette corners mm-hmm. and, the and, Road there. and all them boys, you know, they come in and play golf and sit around. And I remember when people were coming to him, they were like, are you worried about this internet? Do you think that someday people are just going to buy cars online? And they would have their debates back and forth between the sales managers and this and that and the other. And you watch the whole game change. Because like Mm -hmm. I said, where I was on the lot, didn't know the price. Now you can walk on a lot when they're closed, get out your phone, scroll through it and see what everything is priced at. Then you can look up, you know, their competitors. And so there is a a, a semi-price fixing hold in there, like on trucks and SUVs. You know, their price, they hold their value like ridiculous. It's, it's ridiculous how much that they're asking for a $120,000 Suburban with rust on it. 
You know, it, it mm-hmm. just it, and, and well, unless hold. you're trading in, they'll say, "Well, we we'll give you five hundred bucks for it." Yeah, if you're trading you're gonna it in, exactly. for twelve grand. Well, you know I mean? well, average markup on a car is four thousand dollars. <throat> is uh is is what they want in a in a mid range uh, used used automobile. That's about what they've got to play with. It's about four grand, um, and they're really not going to be willing to take less than you know two. Some places, some dealerships are like, "No, I want the full four thousand dollars." Or they will come down a little bit. I mean, but then it's like you said, you want a guy that you can do business with. I don't mind I mean, you making I, money. I, I just no, want to be honest I, what I, I need and I don't need. Hey man, Danny Dodson has his he used to he used to have the Chevrolet dealership in Johnstown. Uh now he sold that. But I bought a number of cars from him and uh I like dealing with him. And not only that, he might have something on his lot, but if he doesn't, I'll go to him and tell him what I'm looking for. Yeah. And then he'll hit me up. Be like, hey, I just found this deal. Because he's not a new car lot. But he does. He's, he sells a lot of uh, Ferraris and Lamborghinis. And he sells them and he ships them to California. Because with the tax that they have because of how much fuel it burns, it's cheaper to buy a Ferrari in Ohio and ship it to California than buying it in California. Really? Yeah. Wow. It, it, there's so I don't much- think I'm in the market for a Ferrari, though. A lot of it, there's so many variables to this. And uh, it, it, to me, it's just, I got to be comfortable. And like you said, Jeff, making money or if the car dealership making money, I'm perfectly cool with yeah. that. I just need to know how much or at least have some well, reasonable I, understanding of how yeah. much. Yeah. Because it's always the unknown that makes you feel like you got ripped off. Right. It's always that, man, you know, so-and-so paid that for theirs, but I paid this for mine. And what is, it? I mean, it's like, if I understand the deal and know what they're making, I'm totally cool. And that's usually what I tell people, look, here's how I'm going to roll, man. I just need to know what I'm paying and what you're making. And to the extent that I can know that, I'm going to walk out of here with a car. If I can't know that, or I feel like you're not telling me that, I'm leaving. So you just tell me now that you're going to play the game. And then then GM tried it with the Satins. Remember that? When the Satin dealerships came out? Saturn. Satin. Uh, That's what he said, Satin. And and, uh, they were like, nope, sticker price. This is it. No negotiation. This is is the best deal we can give you right here. No, no, No negotiation. And... I mean, I bought an SUV, you know, about a, well, it's a couple years now, I guess, two years, one year, whatever, however long I've had it. And uh, I looked for it for about four, five months. I remember, yeah. yeah of, it was of, for a long of, time. And, and I found this one. But then again, I had multiple salesmen that I've talked to, looked at what they had, told them what I was looking for. And I got a guy that called me, just took it in on trade. And I came and looked at it. And I tried to negotiate a price with them. And they were like this. No. He was like, man, I've got three other numbers to call after you. Yeah. Do you want it or not? And yeah. I know he wasn't full of it because yeah. I went there on a Sunday and they had one that I wanted. And I went back on Monday gone. and I couldn't see it and it was gone. Well, yeah. again, and then you're sort of, ch- you're, you're playing the market. So if you're looking for a popular car or you're looking for one where maybe they've, like a particular lot has too many, uh, then you're going to do better. If they don't have enough or they already got buyers looking for it, then, you know, that's just supply and demand. That's how it works. Yeah. And But a car is so like... It requires that hands-on stuff. So that's why the salesmen are probably protected. It requires you to say, well, let me drive it around the block. Let me sit in it. You know, it's not like just ordering something from Amazon. So like to say it would just get to this point where it's like, oh, you just do it all online. I just I don't think that it there's can a number of people that, that will. I mean, it's it's definitely gone there more, you have, more than- You never sat in here and drove it? Dude, I did this one time. I bought a car on eBay. I got in on an airplane. I flew to Baltimore. Met the guy at the airport. Jumped in the car. Drove it back. Private sale. My buddy Cop Chris does that all the time. He, yeah. he, he really. And this is a this is going back to like oh, 
08, 09. But now sometimes if you're looking for a certain truck, Jeez. like my buddy, he always wanted this. He wanted this diesel Dodge with the extended. I mean, and, and sometimes they only make so many of these, yeah. you know, so you might if, you, if you're looking for a certain vehicle, then you might fly somewhere, buy it online, travel it back. I bought a car from eBay and it was the worst thing ever. Because the pictures they took of it were like eight years ago, oh. and it showed up, and it, and it was a 1966 uh, Cadillac DeVille, Coupe DeVille. Well, and that's a whole different. I mean, you're in the classics. That's a different game. Now, I think, I I, I think there is a there's a certain um, honor among thieves, for lack of a better way to put it. When you get to eBay, it's like if you turn into a rip off rip off artist on eBay, or I used to call it RSP Bay, you're going to end up with eventually you're not going to be able to sell cars. I mean, it, it'll eventually come back to you that you're not trustworthy. But on the other hand, um, if you if you do it right and you have a, a good reputation online, I think you can do well. But mine was just a private sale. I mean, that was just yeah, private sale. guy to guy. And I show, he was a really nice kid. He was an ex-military guy, um, just needed, uh, needed to sell the car, and I drove it back. It was a Dodge Charger, an 06 Dodge Charger RT with the RT package. So it was everything that the, um, what was the edition they had at that time? Those big yellow ones and orange ones. and Well, they had the SVT. No, it wasn't the SRT. It was oh, S- the, SRT, is that what it is? They had the Daytonas, I think, or the, and it wasn't that, but it had all the stuff that the Daytona had. So, I mean, it was a nice, Now nice give car. it up to Dodge, man. I like I that Challenger, that man. They make good looking trucks. They make good looking cars. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan. And it's almost like Dodge, what they did is they realized before the other American manufacturers that what was selling cars to like BMW and Mercedes is that you got inside and they just felt nice. They felt like they were insulated and, and solid. And, and some of the other American cars at that time didn't. And I think Dodge just went that direction, even though the rest of it may, not, may have been junk. I don't well, know. it took them a while. They had the K car. Trust me, I saw some of those commercials too. Uh, and I talked to some salesmen. They're talking about a new car, like you'd go to open up the K car and the handle might fall off. You know, I mean? <laughs> like they're falling apart, brand new cars they're trying to sell. I told Morgan that when I bought this Corolla, I was like, why am I spending all this money on this thing? Why don't I just buy like eight cars for a thousand bucks each? Just get dense, rust, just run them into the ground. Oh, we got another one. Yeah, you're still ahead doing the Corolla, I think. I know, I'm just kidding. Yeah, there and you know, there, what is reliability worth on, you know, it's like you've, you've got to get to and from work, and there's probably a place where the curves cross where you have uh, no luxury but complete reliability, and you can you can just drive it yeah. forever. And I think the Corolla, the Hondas, the those, yeah. those cars do that. Um, so if you guys could have any car in the world, what car would it be? 1970 Cadillac Coupe DeVille. You, you I mean you never had? You just said you had a Cadillac. DeVille. I've got yeah, but I never had that one. So you want the seven? That's this is one I lost. It was at the Nissan North off 23. I don't even know if it's still Nissan North. I drove by and I saw it and I went there and it had like 25,000 original miles on it. I think they wanted like I don't know. I think they wanted four grand for it. And uh, it was black with red leather interior and red leather. I mean, it was just gorgeous car. And I looked at it, and I thought about it for like two days, and I went back to buy it, and it was gone. And uh, so now that's just kind of like one that I just chase around. That's the white whale, huh? 1970 Cadillac Coupe de Ville. But see, here's what I want, though. I want that car. I want it to have the original interior, and yeah. I want it to have black on red, and I want the numbers to match. Black on red. But I'd be, I'd be happy. Probably I could, I could be sold on something else. But I remember I went out there, and I sat in that car, and it just— it uh, and it seemed like almost evil. 
it was it's just got this really great look to it yeah yeah see you're asking like what's my dream car or what's the car I like to, i mean my dream car i guess i could come up with a number of classics that i really really like yeah but as far as like what would i be driving now if i could have my druthers what on if somebody anyone? said right now you got we, we can't guarantee it's reliable but you got to pick i don't care if it's a two hundred thousand dollar car or a fifteen thousand dollar car well if you could just pick a car what would it be to drive every day yeah it would probably be my truck the truck you currently have? Except maybe like a, a 20, my, my truck is a 2014. Oh, that's a pretty car. Um, yeah. I would probably cool. want my truck in a 2018 because I think in 2019 they changed the body style and then all that stuff I built for it, like in the back with all the drawers and stuff, I'd have to redo. So I, I'd want my truck in with less miles. You want a truck though? You yeah. You want to drive a truck? Yeah. Yeah. No, I've thought a lot about, like if I had my, like if we're talking like with Jared's talking, I've gone back, I've gone all over the place. I have a 68 GTO, I have a 67 Mustang convertible. I have different things, but you know, and those are fun. I mean, they were, and when I was younger, I really liked them. Now they're just sort of sitting. But if I had, uh, like now I'm thinking I would like to get a 1970 Suburban. Suburban. And restore it and make it a resto mod. Put it on like a modern chassis, put it on a modern or put a modern motor in it. And so it's completely reliable. And then you, and then have that. And then I might actually... Uh, part with my truck, or at least get a get a, sort of a stripped down work truck to replace my truck. You know, what I drive is one of those um, one of the OJ Broncos. I love those cars. Same too. color, everything. I'd drive that. I saw one of those recently, yeah. and, and Drew's like, "Did they make Bronco?" I was like, "Oh yeah." So the, the yeah. but you had the Bronco, you had the uh, what was the the, the Blazer? The Blazer had the removable K5 tires. We had, a, yep. we had a Blazer. And then the kidding. Dodge Ram Charger. The Dodge Ram Charger. What was the Plymouth? They had another Plymouth one. I can't remember. Roadrunner. Ro- no. You no. had the Plymouth Roadrunner. You had Prowler. a Barracuda. No, I was talking about the truck. Oh, the truck. Because the Ram Charger. The Ram Charger was like the like the like like the Blazer, like the big full size oh, Bronco. Okay, I didn't know that. No, I didn't know that. No, that was so. yeah, Ram Charger, not the Charger. Ram Charger. You don't I remember the Ram you. Chargers? I don't. Look those up, man. Those yeah. were nasty. Well, and remember, I want. I love the Colt Seavers truck too. The Fall Guy truck, so that's on my the, list. The, that's a GMC, right? That was a I'm GMC. Pretty sure it was a GMC, yeah. probably like a '78 or somewhere around in there. I think I texted you when I was going yeah. down this rabbit hole that I was almost, I was like, man, I was dreaming. Uh, that would be cool, but no, I think, I think like a, a an older uh, truck or an older, an older suburban or an older Bronco. I think Toyota had one called the. Land, cruiser, Land, yeah, Land Cruiser, Land Cruiser, yeah, the Land Cruiser. Uh, the, then, then they did that FJ for a while, and the newer ones mm-hmm. here. Uh, that wasn't a bad looking truck. There, I used to have a 1979 Jeep CJ5, which uh, I bought it for five hundred dollars and had baling wire holding the ass end of it together. And uh, I stripped it down with my dad to the frame. We put a new body on it, fenders on it, used the grill, the hood, and the uh, windshield frame. I do believe it was in the dash. And uh, I used to go off roading in that. And I had a guy that worked with me at New Albany Country Club, and he had a 78 uh, Toyota. And uh, we used to go, there was this area, there was this pond and yeah. stuff, and we'd go just four-wheeling around. And it was. And that was back in the day that those things were made for that. So the, the modern SUV, and I remember when this happened, the original Ford Explorers, when those came out and they were all hot, they, they were built on the, on the Ranger platform. They were built on a truck platform still. Now they're just... Uh, now they're just like cars that are bigger. They, they build them a little differently, so there's a different ride to them. It's it's smoother and, and more, I think, uh, tuned in for like what you're doing, Jeff, with your uh, your little SUV you got. But you know, back in the day, oh yeah, I remember those things. The Ram Charger. 
I like that. Yes. I like that. Yeah, Shorty's dad used to have one there. What's, and, uh, a, what's the price of one of those? Maybe I can... I don't, now they're supposed to. I've seen spy fo- photos. I don't know if it's just because you know. Right now, you see spy photos. You're like, is that really a photo, or did somebody digitally, you know, I mean, make right, this? Yeah. But uh, they're supposedly because the the Broncos coming back out, um, and they're coming out. I, I've seen pictures of it. Imagine new body style, but it That'd looks cool. Ba- it's 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 pretty cool. Like you said, Dodge is always. They've always had that. Uh, or maybe in the last twenty years, they've sort of been ahead of the curve and making their cars look really cool. And maybe even in the past too, like the Chargers were really cool looking. Remember the Richard Petty, uh, that that you know back it, when you had to sell so many. Yeah. And the yeah. reason that, that that wing was so high was because they had to be able to open the trunk. Yeah. You know what I mean? They, you know what I mean? NASCAR, they put a wing on there. So you had to sell so many of these cars to be able to race it in NASCAR. So somebody would have to be able to go get groceries in the same thing that you're putting on the track. Yep. And that's why stock car. Stock car track. Yep. You know, and, and I kind of missed that in that whole uh, attribute there. But I guess, you I mean, we kind of really varied from the, the original Subaru problem that we yeah had. well what's interesting is that uh, we just spent a good 20 minutes talking about something other than COVID-19 which was actually sort of refreshing for a while yeah. we haven't talked about anything legal we haven't talked about anything COVID we haven't talked about anything at all uh, but I do I, I gotta I gotta I gotta throw a time bomb into the or a, uh, a hand grenade into this have you guys watched you know we haven't talked about the upcoming election which is still looming out there but Biden is now getting accused um in a very similar fashion uh, to Kavanaugh. And my position on this one is the same as it was on the Kavanaugh one, but watching people run for cover, both sides, when they, you know, it's like, it is it is, it is a classic uh, stroke of karma here. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, this election, you want to throw a grenade, that's it right there. What do you guys think about the mail-in voting? I don't like it. I don't I think like there'll it be a at lot all. of hanging chads. I think there could be a lot on there. Let's just say that you were, lived in Ohio and you wanted to vote, and so you, you were originally you originally weren't going to mail it in. You were going to go vote. Now you're not allowed to. And let's say that you just signed it and you tell your spouse, "Well, you know who I want. I got some work to do. Just fill it out and mail it in." And Shorty and, clicks. And I don't. Biden. So I don't really know who I voted for, to be honest with you. Right, I signed the paperwork, and then I I told her to check it because we were voting for the same people. We kind of sat down, we get everybody's flyers, we look into it because yeah. sometimes there's you know we just I'm like hey, I like this guy right here. He's a he owns a business. He's got a nice looking family in this photo. They're cute. Yeah, let's go yeah. with them. Yep. And uh, then we pick that. And now the mailman. Pulled I mean, up I don't know. Really I mean, maybe, I, maybe we should erase this. Really but, white teeth. But I'm just gonna say that. Hey, Grandpa, we need you to sign this right here. Thanks, Grandpa. Oh, you know? yeah. the, and right now there are plenty of dead people that are getting that, that are much? getting that are getting bailout checks. And, and who did they? How did they vote? How did, well, did their taxes? And understand get paid? this: like uh, there are parties that will go out to certain areas of where the places they live with a bus, or maybe it's like now it's probably some Uber style thing, and they're going to throw people in the back of their car and say, "Come on, we're going to take you to vote. Here, here's the ticket. Just vote." Now imagine if you could do that by just knocking on somebody's door and saying, you know, here's what, here's what we can promise you, sir. Uh, all you have to do is vote. Sign right here. And then uh, you got your ballot in the mail. Perfect. If you don't have one, uh, here's, here's one that we've been using. Uh, you know, it's like it, it gets. 
I had to click like three buttons on online saying that, yes, this is my address and I've lived here and a few things like that. And then in the mail, because we normally, I've never voted through the mail or, or out of state before. And so then a couple of days later, this package shows up and we take it out and ballot on there. And I signed the bottom of it and, and I told Shorty to fill it out. And she did. So uh, maybe she, she was joking around, you know, maybe she, I don't know, but that can go on. Exp- <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what he was jamming out to before he pulled <laughs> in, man. <Love. laughs> but I, that just opens up so much fraud. I, you don't think it, so, Jeff? Or yeah. Do you? No, I, I agree. I mean, anytime you complicate it where you're not checking a person's ID in person, yeah, you're the person. Yes, check. Jeff has not voted yet. Go step into this box. I never showed anybody. How did I vote without showing somebody? Yeah. And it doesn't, there's a certain responsibility to it that's required when you have to actually go somewhere and do it. And you have to, I mean, I don't know, I don't know if it correlates at all, but there's something about having to go there. You have to give it thought. You have to think to yourself, all right, who do I want to vote for? Yeah. What is this all about? And then you have to go do it. It takes a little bit of responsibility, but if you can just shove something under somebody's face, give them 20 bucks and say, sign this, I'll send it for you. Uh, and, and am I imputing bad motives to people? You bet I am because we're human. <laughs> this is what humans do. They do nefarious things. So if you have a cause and we all know that if you have a cause, people are willing to go do, go to great lengths because the ends justify the means. So it's more important to get this person elected than it would be. Than, so this crime justifies that. And why shouldn't I go and knock on everybody's door, give them a Finsky and say, here's, here's five bucks. Sign yeah. this. I got you covered. Oh, you don't know who you're voting for? No big deal. I got you covered. Here's 20. Read this literature. Uh, you'll get a free magazine and sign this here, right? And and, and then and you, is and, and is Hillary stepping in? I, you wonder. Don't you wonder that? You, you saw the tweet, I, right? I, no, I didn't see the tweet. All right. right so but, May second. Now, hopefully, this isn't fake news, but this is what I'm seeing. May second, Hillary Clinton uh, Twitter verified. Everyone asked me, is there still a chance for me to run for president in November? I'm thinking about it, but we'll see. Dot dot dot. Within minutes, actually one minute from what I can tell, Donald J. Trump steps in, verified, <laughs> responding to the tweet. His response is, run, question mark, exclamation point. You can barely walk, exclamation point. <laughs> Stay at home, Hillary. It's for the best. Uh, <laughs> it's because he cares about her safety. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. You know, it's, Maybe. it's Corona out there. I, 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 had I this want question. Hillary running as a third I mean, party, listen, Biden on the stage, Trump on the stage, listen, debate, let's go. I mean, Biden seems like he, I don't know, man, he just, uh, I mean, it, am I the only one that sees these interviews and sees no. that he's kind of I've seen of a couple interviews of that have, have like been transcribed, like, whoo, there's, there's two things I, I think But you got to trust a guy with teeth like that. He wouldn't lie to you. Yeah. That smile. It's worth a million bucks. There's, there's a couple things about Biden that I think. I mean, first of all, this allegation of uh, prior uh, whatever his, he was doing sexually with this gal. Uh, I can't say it's true. I can't say it's not true. I mean, it, it is what it is. But it seems to me that candidates, by and large, survive those things. The candidates do. Yeah. You know, when you're it running seems, for a Supreme Court judge, I mean. It, it seems it, like it's, yeah. it's just become so commonplace that well, they Trump survive Well, Trump had the things. thing. I mean, he's got so many different skeletons. Yeah, it goes all the way back to Biden's Kennedy. Biden's got it. Like Clinton, Kennedy, Clinton. Hillary's got stuff that people bring up. That, yeah, it's like they, they survive those things. But I mean, there's so many crazy things. Like Hillary Clinton, they're saying, is linked to all these murders. Well, you know, that's the, the I, I don't say that, but the whitewater conspiracy thing, stuff, not whitewater, the, um, the uh, Benghazi thing was tough on her. The email can, the email deletions, the email stuff. I mean, that's one where in our practice, if somebody deletes a bunch of emails, when there's an investigation, 
like permanently deletes them and then scrubs them with software. And I think that's what happened. Yeah. Like that was, I mean, she survived that. I know, but Trump survived all this and Trump, stuff that's with prostitutes I mean. and none of grabbing stuff, people. And none of that stuff I think is a big worry for Biden. What, what you're talking about though, is the second thing that I think is a worry. And that is, is he, it does, is he competent? And some of the stuff that he said and some of the gaffes he's made, man, it's, it, it, it makes me question that. He just doesn't seem to be coherent sometimes. Well, yeah, but I mean, you got to, if you're going to criticize him, you got to criticize the other side too. Sure. You know what I mean? I mean it's like, I, I well, think Trump standing up there arguing with reporters on the reg. Some of that <laughs> though, some of that is, I, I agree with you. And what I think what Trump tends to do is, is take information, process it, simplify it, and then exaggerate it uh, because that's what he does. You know, that, I just like wish you wouldn't jump in with so much stuff. I wish you wouldn't like, either. I think, and then yet, like, there's what Trump says, and then there's what Trump does, and often those are two different things. So, and then, 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 if you have a media, and this isn't uh, this, you could say this without taking sides. I think if you have a media that wants nothing more than to screw with that man, they're going to take the clips that sound the worst out of context and make them sound even even worse. And then, then you get our reporting of that. Um, and that's not to say that what Trump has said at times is over-exaggerated. Yeah. Uh, and, and then maybe he's taken these extreme positions. I mean, every time Trump says, uh, you know, the greatest or the best or whatever, it's like I take that as like him being just a little bit of that's, – right. that's just how he communicates. I guess we knew – we've known it for a long time. Like we'll be working a case and we'll see the media blow that comes out of it. And it's just like, well, that's not right at all. It's like I can't imagine what's going out there like – do I honestly believe like Hillary Clinton's linked to stuff like that? I, in my heart, I really don't. But there's so much information out there. Whoever, if, if, like if, about J- Trump, about Hillary, about the Clinton family in general, about the rise of politicians. It's like there's so much stuff out there. And if you turn on Fox News, it's one thing. If you turn on CNN, it's one thing. If it's like, seem, it seems like there's so many. It's it's almost impossible. So much, you can't get the answer. And the, the only time, and I told my wife, I started doing this. It's like. The way I get answers is I look at CNN, see what the headline is. I look at Fox News and see what the headline is. And if they like jive, which coronavirus, I mean, that kind of jive, you know what I mean? It's like, okay, well, that's probably real news because it's just but so then, but then, skewed. Like, look at you this. Know? The news reports these numbers on coronavirus, and I, I think the initial estimations and models were like 3.5, was it 3.5% of people will die who get it. And now it's like down to now we're we're learning more and more and more and more. The problem is, it seems like stuff is reported as fact when it's not yet fact, or it, they report the stuff as fact because it fits a version uh, into something else that they like. And this is both all the news outlets do this now, and uh, it, and nobody is ever willing to go back and say, well, we initially reported this, but now it's this, and that'd be perfectly cool with me. I don't care. I mean, we all thought the numbers were going to be different than what they are now. And why not just go back and say, you know what, initial estimates were this, but fortunately it's only this. But nobody's doing that. Now it's become this this sort of hotbed debate. And even more complicated, Jeff, on these conspiracy theories type things, like what's going on with, with Microsoft right now? So you have Bill Gates who's been touting now uh, you know, this fake meat forever, and now all of a sudden there's a meat shortage. And I saw something on, on, on Facebook today. It's like, is this a coincidence or is this a orchestrated it's so, event? It's so crazy. And, I mean, to think that, I don't know. Then don't know. here's another conspiracy for you. This is what I thought of. I was like, so is this just a test? 
Do they, do they know something we don't know? Is there something you know, I mean, more vicious that's going to come out that we need to make sure that we were able to, we had to do a test run and make sure we were able to put up hospitals very quick that uh, we made, because uh, for a while, you know, the, and we go back to the Bush days where they were trying to push and we were moving forward on and being ready for an epidemic. And then it switched to uh, uh, global warming. Yeah. So And, and the yeah. science changed. And everybody kind of stopped stockpiling their own states with the ventilators, with the mask, with everything that we need. Because, you know, right now, I mean, you know, Ford's still making, you know, ventilators. So everybody's going to get stockpiled up. Was this a test run? Well, what's interesting is this, is that um, Dude, this is for cons- those who... We just call this conspiracy. For those who don't like Bush, this is an interesting little factoid. Um, he read an article or had a report in front of him at one point that said we are underprepared for this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So he made a he actually and this is in the midst of the terrorism war. This is in the midst of a lot of other stuff. 9/11. And he he made this big push to say we need to get ourselves prepared. Well, and then like you said Jared, Obama comes along and I'm not saying Obama I saw some quote uh, the same thing about something Bush said way back when. Yeah, no, yeah. And, and it's because he was briefed or had a report or read a book yeah. on it and and he got really worried about it. And then Obama came along and, and he had a different worry about the environment. And I'm not saying each weren't legitimate, but this is like our point that we made a hundred times here. It's like, we only have so many resources that we can allocate in one direction at one time. You can't do everything all the time. And to expect the government to do everything all the time is virtually, it's, it's, it's lunacy. So if you're going to have, uh, if we're going to be fighting a war on terror, then you're opening up your backside for some other thing like a yeah. pandemic. Or if you're going to be fighting the environmental cause, if that's what you want to fight, well, at the same time you're doing that, guess what? Uh, others aren't. And now you're going to get, uh, take it, right. uh, you got to watch your backside for uh, this pandemic. And, you know, maybe, but the problem is the media outlets on one side or another are quick to blame the other side. But yeah. it could just be that there's a lot of people to blame. You know, it, oh, it, there's, it be, there's blame. Yeah. There's enough blame for everybody. Everybody gets a piece of blame pie. Don't worry. There's plenty of it. I've got, I, we got, when you store. get to that level, maybe you just can't, you can't avoid it. You and know then, what I mean? then, then take it this way. It's like in a courtroom all the time, we have experts and for years and years and years, we had experts testifying about things like uh, indicator lists in sex abuse cases. And they would come in and they would give you this compelling testimony with their credentials and all their psychological degrees and all their MDs behind them and all the strength and power of a solid expert witness that you could possibly ask for, and then it's defrocked uh, years later as total bunk. Now, those are the people that were being called by the government to testify. And it's not because the government had a bad motive. It's just because there was bad science, and it wasn't peer-reviewed because it was popular, and it was what it was. And why isn't any of this other stuff subject to the same kind of uh, problem? Why wouldn't you want to be that guy or that girl that comes out and just tries to be accurate, though? I guess it doesn't sell news. You need to have something. I mean, anybody in history that's up there, you hear the conspiracies, whether it's George Washington, whether it's Hillary Clinton, whether it's Donald Trump, whether it's Jesus Christ. Oh, he had these mistresses and this is, you know what I mean? It's like, it's there. It's just always there. I don't know. Well, I, I mean, think maybe the common just, thread is they're human, right? So I, I think they all like to say in Ohio, uh, Amy Acton doesn't want to be accurate is, 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 is not, a, I mean, that, that's wrong in all sorts of ways. It, yeah. that, that becomes this ad hominem. She's got some ill motive. I don't think at all, but what if she's got bad information or what if she, what if her vision of this is, is different than somebody else's vision of it? Who's got equal credentials, then what? And just because somebody has the, the microphone doesn't make that individual 
uh, more reliable. It just means that that's the person who has a microphone. So my point is, if to those who are shouting down people who are questioning uh, the medical science during COVID, maybe you ought to just read a little bit and think, all right, what does the other side really think? And if you're the one shouting down uh, the people that want longer shutdowns, maybe just read a little bit and analyze it and say, all right, where is the science uh, different and what are they relying on that I'm not? Yeah. And we can maybe come to some sort of uh, answer or at least get closer. Instead, what happens is it becomes this this unscientific uh, ad hominem, meaning attack the person type of, of, yeah. of debate, which gets nowhere. So I've read on like reading on Facebook about how people are are screaming bad words and and calling Amy Acton names is 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 crazy. Well, and, I mean, and, the, and, those people are desperate, and they're desperate, right? So the people that are working from home, getting paid their full paycheck, I mean, they may take an approach that this is something that we need to take serious. They may take an approach that's something like, you know, what I guess I'll do what they say. I mean, I'm you know I'll just have to work from home from now. But then there's also people that have no money. Mm-hmm. And I've heard all these horror that stories about people that have applied sure. for unemployment and, we're, and, we're and we're not. Out. We ran out of money. I think it was Those Monday. are some of the people that are standing there so now, saying, Ohio I need help. How has to borrow money? Of course. Yeah. Right? And so, of course, out. when they sit there in their homes and they can't pay their bills and they're stewing and they're brewing. And, and just like we always have, have to do is go to you work. look on Google and you hear, oh, well, this is no different than, the, the you know, you get all this uh, this this data that is conflicting, it's now your anger grows. Yeah, it's so shame on the know, people that are shouting down the people that are shouting down Amy Acton. You're not living their lives. You're not in the same foxhole. It's different, right? You're in, you're in a different foxhole. And how you handle one foxhole versus another, you never know until you have to do it. So like you said, I mean, if you're sitting at home comfortable with heat on or air conditioning on, depending on where you are, at your kitchen counter with a full refrigerator, and people delivering you food from different restaurants all the time because you're going to support local. Yeah. And you're getting a 100% full paycheck to do that. Well, then shame on you for drawing a judgment against somebody who is doesn't can't even turn their utilities on or are worried about the utilities getting shut right. off, can't pay their mortgage. They don't have any food in their refrigerator. And if yeah. they're ordering food out, it's going to be the cheapest stuff they can find yeah. uh, because they want to give their kids something different than the same slop right. they've been eating for six weeks. Well, then, you know, understand that's the plight. So for the folks who and I think, get what they're th- what they're saying a little. I mean, they're projecting on Amy. You know what I mean? Their, their frustration, their anger, their they're desperate. Their, their, their desperation. Is it should anybody have to be subjected to people standing on their lawn and of course not. doing that? It's they not the best way that to make sucks. the point. You know what I mean? No, but, they shouldn't do that. That comes back to our but you original get why point people here. are desperate, right? This comes back yeah. to the Subaru pulling yeah. up and blaming this right. this girl because of her race that she brought this uh, upon us. Yeah, that you know what I mean. Which once again, Dwayne is correct, and he needs to hold responsible. The buck stops here. That's his favorite thing to say. And he said, "Yes, she comes to me with this information. I get all the information right. I get." I I talked to the people that I have, and you have to make a decision. I sat down with Steve right before we started the show. That was when we started this morning. I said, this all happened, and it happened so fast that within a first two-week period of, of really this going down, um, it, it, we business owners and a lot of people had to make decisions. They had to be made, and they had to be made now. Time was the, of the essence. And you get to sit down and you can write up like three scenarios, none of which you like. Um, you trust me, you didn't like any of them, but you're like, I got to pick one. And then you pick one because you got to pick one because you got to go somewhere. You have to do something. You have to make plans. You have to make calls knowing that maybe I'm picking the wrong choice. 
That I will not know. What I do know is that I have to pick one. And I do. And then it would change. I mean, like it changed with me, you know, to where I thought I was going to be able to open. Then I couldn't open. Then a week later, well, now you can kind of open. And every day I had to listen to the voice in the sky. And I did that on my drive in. I got in the car and I was listening to NPR. And I don't know what they were. They were talking on something. And uh, I, I turned on the music and I listened to Jimi Hendrix and uh, Buddy Guy. And uh, that, that was, a, there were two very long songs, um, a 15 minute voodoo child. And when I got in here, I was, I, and I've been telling myself this, I told myself this yesterday, but I did it anyhow. I listened to, this, to, to the box in the sky. I said, you know what, Jared, you've been given a plan. I don't think they're going to go back on it. Just shut it off, shut it off. Stop, don't, don't watch the news. Don't listen to the box in the sky because I don't know how much new information that, that I'm going to get. I mean, I listen to it every day because we're coming out, new regulations, new plans. Mm-hmm. I think they've got the phases and the plans out. I kind of understand where I'm at, but I had to make decisions. And I made some about two months ago now that I'm still sticking to them and, and, and I'm going through with it. But now I'm kind of like, maybe I should have done something differently. But you can't go back in well, time. Here, and I had to make a call then. Here's the thing. And, and a good buddy of mine. With, with no outlook. You don't, it's not like you, somebody said this can happen, this can happen. You're guessing. It's all based on imperfect information. You just, it's like feel. And then it comes down to like, we've, we keep bringing up the loans and everything on that. I'm getting all this paperwork and I'm going to the SBA. Then I'm going to the treasury and I'm downloading because sometimes it's, it's reading legal documents. You know, the bank says as seen in health, you know, I mean the, 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 the act, the SBA act, and you look through here and then they say this right here, it goes to the uh, treasury department. And so you got all this paper and I don't have anybody to call because it's new. It was never there before. It's not like I can call my accountant who's done this a hundred times. He, Nobody knows. You can't even talk to the bank because they're like, yeah, we're, we're pushing this through, but we don't have this. Um, I mean, I talked to Steve a number of times, but all we did we, was interpret what we were reading. That was all we could do. And then we'd call back. And I'm like, now I'm interpreting it this way. And you'd be like, well, let me think on that. And then you'd call me. We were, yeah. but, and, th- and that was just the, the community of entrepreneurs as well. And that was within a 12 hour period that you had to get your application in. So don't think that this happened over like three weeks. This is like, all right, now we're, they're accepting applications as of tomorrow. Right. And I had, it was like, I remember thinking it's 3 p.m. So now I have to go find all my payroll information. I have to um, assemble it. I have to decipher it. I have to fill out this spreadsheet that I received from my bank to fill it out. And I didn't understand any of it. Yeah. None of it. It's like you just click the queue at Best Buy for the product. And it's like you have 12 minutes. This this is reserved for 12 minutes and it just keeps ticking down. And it was Get like, that credit card in there. Get it all. Da, 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 da. And then you submit it and you're like, all right, I pray I did it right. And then you don't get any feedback and you don't get any feedback. Yeah. And then it's like, it, it's crazy. I got, I got feedback at 5 p.m. on a Saturday. I get a call. I hadn't heard anything from the bank. I, and I weeks emailed later. it. It was weeks later, like two weeks have gone by. And they're like, hey, man, uh, I need you to do a online sign on these sheets. I'd never talked to this guy before. He's, he's, I don't know where he's at, but he's it scares you a little too, right? Well, here's what scared You're me. Was I said, Bank, sure. Like, and I went through really? and then as I'm looking at it, I realized that they gave me too much money. And when I say too much money, I mean, they gave me about like $60,000 too much money and it's on a screen and I just wanted to get it through because it's just like, ah, so I signed it and then I read it. Now I got back with the bank and I told him that according to my account, you've done it wrong. And he said that the SBA did it wrong, but I was like, well, I don't want it. 
I want right. what, what I'm supposed to get. Yeah. So he was like, I was like, is this going to be a problem? He was like, no, it's usually just a problem if you wanted more money. You want less. He was like, that that number you had was held that money back for you. Now, in that right there, if I would have taken too much money. And some people might. and Which you can. They just are like, here you go. Here's, here's an extra. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And then as I, I, I called Steve because I started deciphering it. I started freaking out. It's I was like, scary. oh my God, I shouldn't have taken this. I shouldn't have taken this. Now I got I got $127,000. And then you look at the interest yeah. that I'm going to have to start paying back. And then I was like, and in there, there's a, a line that says, uh, the, uh, what is it? Hold on. It's the uh, right to apply. Uh, right, yeah, right, right to apply application. So you got to follow a line just to apply for some forgiveness. So then you got all these rules that you got to go through. And it's like, when you take this money, take it like they're not giving it to you. This is anybody that's listening that has it. This is my, uh, this is my own opinion. Do your budget like you have to pay it back. Um, with that, the loan did help me. It enabled me to bring my staff back to work and I'm using it exactly what it's meant for. And it freed up funds for me to try to get inventory to sell. So I have to continue the numbers on to myself, knowing that I got to give it back. Yeah. It hits your sweet spot and, and that it's great for that. But all of this is like, back to the way you painted that, it's like you had limited information, incomplete information, and in some cases, inaccurate information about what was going to happen, what the rules of play were, and uh, any other advice that you could get based on those two things from the professionals. So you had to do something. And you know, a buddy of mine in law school who later became very successful sort of in the corporate world, uh, he always said, he said this to me one time, he was like, inaction is what kills, uh, that kills you. You have to do something. You have to make a decision, and you have to move forward. And if you don't, you're going to be stuck, stagnant. And I remember, I never forget what he said because I can't fix an action. Can't fix it. If you've done nothing and you're behind, so if you didn't apply for that loan, now it's gone. It's done. Opportunity lost, and and you don't get to even make the decision on how you're going to use it because you were inactive. If you had your head in the sand and thought I need more information, I'm just going to wait. Um, you know, it may turn out to be the right decision, but if it's not. Uh, there's no going back. I mean, you're stuck. So you got to do something and you got to make decisions. And I think this is like a culmination of 25 years of running a business where, all right, we're used to making decisions. I'm used to deciding things based on information that is not completely reliable or completely complete. And it's just another one of those things. So if you threw somebody into that role and say, all right, decide what to do, it would be overwhelming. But if you've run a business for a long time and you're used to making decisions that are stressful, it, it was it was uh, it was stressful and it was hard and there was a lot of self doubt and um, and concern. But I was able to make a decision, and you were able to make a decision. Doctor Amy had to make a decision. Yes, I'm yeah. sure that she had a number. Yeah. Like just like I said, she probably had three different scenarios. Yeah, and she had to pick one. Yeah, you know, and and now Dwine had to make a decision. And, you know, I mean, and, and he, there's, so there's a lot that, that, that is going through on this and it happened so fast, which I still don't understand, but it happened so fast mm -hmm. and the changes have come about to where I am really worried that we have yet to feel 
the devastation of the Corona-19. Well, Jeff, your point is that these, these folks who are sitting at home, and I'm glad they are able to sit at home and work from home and get paid from home, they have not felt what this feels like yet. Um, they have not. They haven't even come close to feeling what this feels like yet. To them, it's like, all right, this sucks because I can't go to a restaurant, or this sucks because... Well, there's people in the middle, too. Maybe the spouse, something happened with the spouse Perhaps, or whatever. Yeah. But, I mean, look, we have to understand that everybody's... This everybody walks. Everybody walks. Yeah, we've all got different shoes we walk in. Sure. And... There's people in the middle. There's people that are just, I mean, heck, I think the first call we got when COVID happened through the Blitz was we're both, we work in the restaurant industry. We have two kids and we just lost our job. How are we going to pay our bills? And like literally, I mean, how are you to answer that question? But that's the question that was asked. The very first one we got out of the shoots. And it's, it's it's a, everybody's got their own issues with it. And I think your point is a good one. It's like, try to walk in somebody else's shoes. You can't do it actually. I mean, there's no way to really do it, but close your eyes for a thing for a second. And if you're the person uh, who doesn't have any job and doesn't have unemployment and doesn't have any income, close your eyes and think, all right, well, at least I can see it from their perspective because they're worried about their grandparents or their parents or somebody else getting sick and dying. And then if you're one of the people that does have a job or, or you're able to work at home and, and safely earn your full paycheck, why don't you close your eyes for a th- second and think, all right, what if I had no money coming in since March one, like then what? Yeah. What would I feel like now? Would I, how desperate would I be if I had to wait after I applied to have some, a mortgage postponed and I had to wait even three weeks to get that answer? Yeah. So during that time frame, yeah. you're wondering, should I send the check or should I right. not send the check? Or should I use it to pay my car payment because you haven't got that answer? Or should I use it to go to the store and stock up on meat? Or should I use it to right. uh, to do whatever? You know, it's like- And we saw it before this. I mean, we have theft cases that come in or I get appointed to cases and it's just like, well, what was she stealing? Oh, diapers, wipes, well, two pounds of ground beef. It's like, well, she's stealing. I get it, but she she's in that desperation mode. Now, here's you know where what we mean? get to, though, and here's some other problems that get that get put forward. There's grants and bonds and things coming out from the federal government to go to prisons because they can't social distance. Right. So they're going to expand on the size of the prison. They're going to grow bigger. Now prisons. we're getting. We're, you're getting you back. Know, we're getting. Um, yeah. Now I started it. I started it. But now do I honestly believe that Hillary Clinton has a body count. No, I do not. But the conspiracy's out there. And the, so now you're getting into conspiracy. They are actually growing. They are going to yeah. build larger prisons. They, you know, the box in the sky told all the sheriff's departments to apply and apply fast because the money's going to go. So if you need more for probation, if you need money, whatever you might need money to grow for, apply now. Apply now. And, so what's interesting is, and this is the government talking to the speaker to sheriffs and yeah. stuff. Not even like they're really going out. I heard they're going to put all the smokers in there and make them quit. Then yeah. they said Cold that turkey. you know, hey, hey, <laughs> you know, they tell all the utility people that you're not allowed to shut anybody's stuff off. Now they did say this: you will have to pay it. <laughs> okay, yeah, this doesn't so mean you get HBO you know, forever. You, you right? don't get it for free. So now you got these families that are like, well, they left our power on, they left our water on. Now we owe three months of that. We owe three months of of rent. Um, we've been maxing out our credit cards to to yeah. get food. And your job so now is we've gone. got a percentage of that. And job's gone. We don't know what's going to come back because, like that same couple, they might not get their jobs back. They well, might yeah, not have companies that now they, they don't. Ex- it's not like it opens up business as usual May 29 or whatever. No. And so and I, I was at Sam's, you know, and I saw the meat, you know, they, Did they had, make everybody wear a mask. They, they there they no? uh, they're supposed to have their employees. I saw a couple that weren't. I saw a couple that had them down here. I saw a couple kids that were stocking shelves that looked just like it's like waterboarding. 
It's right? hard. I it's, wore a mask it's... for two and a half hours yesterday at court. And I, you know, God bless the public defenders who are running like 4D. You can see the ones that have glasses on, they're fogging up. Yeah. Because they're trying to talk to this person through video, run into the courtroom, then do their arraignment because they can't have close proximity to them, then run back and. I mean, it's I crazy. I just had this idea. I mean, literally, their glasses are fogging up from doing that. And they're not stocking shelves. I yeah. just had this idea. You know what I mean? So everybody's sitting at home, working hard, getting your paycheck. Wear a mask. I think what we should do is have some income equality. I think all those people, I think we got to sum up all the money that's being made by those sitting at home. And then they should give that away to all the others who have no income. And then we can... Sp- we can have equality. We can spread out the income that we have and see if that works. No, it won't work, and I won't do it. I think that's a great idea. I wouldn't take it. I wouldn't. Yeah. But this is, I guess you say that now. I'm yeah, saying I, it to, I, make, I, I, saying I, it to I, be facetious. Well, I know you are. I mean, yeah. I, mean I, I understand where you're going with that. Uh, but, man. Can you imagine that letter? Uh, you, we understand that you have been able to maintain your job with uh, the state of Ohio or the city of Columbus or this other company over the past six weeks. Unfortunately, there are thousands and thousands of others who have been unable to do so due to government action and shutdowns. Therefore, we are requesting that you forward a check in the amount of X dollars to, we have determined that statistically to, uh, to create equity among all the uh, pay earners, you need to send in $5,000 in order that we can supplement the incomes of others. Uh, we apologize for any inconvenience of this, but we are in favor of income equality. We're all in this together. We're all in this together. There's yeah. going to have to be a lot of forgiveness made. So if I you're, mean, uh, from from there has to be. I, I, but how? At one point, you were going to owe that three months of power and water. Yeah. Well, yeah, and you're going to owe that rent. What do you mean, maybe? Uh, I mean, you're, if you don't pay, well, it, how much do you expect the money that they they gave you for your business? Like, what do you, what do you and your accountant estimate you're going to have to pay back? I'm estimating I'm going to pay back 100%. Oh, you are. Okay. That's, I, I thought I, the, I, I would be, if, now, if not, I could get a, a, a percentage back. Well, you're a smart businessman. So you are, you're, you're looking at it that way. But I think your question is, how much is it, like, if, if you did get it forgiven, what does it cost? Well, I, and I've got that. Let me go back yeah. on that really quick here. Now I'll get what you, yeah, sorry. I, I would have made clear. more if I wouldn't have had to shut down. Sure. That okay. makes sense. So, you know, yeah. I mean, it's not like, well, hey, man, I made out. I'm going to get this, this free I, I, I money get this right here. To my no, because yeah. if I wouldn't have had it, it wouldn't, if, if I wouldn't have had to shut down, I would have. You'd have more I, money in I your pocket. I would have more money. And in their that. pockets. Yes. And yes, everybody's. Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. Now, the money that, in theory, what happens is this. So, say you bring back, say you had 10 employees on March 1 or February 15, I guess, is the day, or February 1, whatever it is. Uh, by June 30, uh, you're supposed to have 10, uh, and the loan is designed to cover your payroll, but what it doesn't cover are all the payroll employer withholdings. So it does not cover the taxes, the other withholdings. Yeah. And so you're out of pocket that much if you're an employer, uh, and it only covers payroll and you have to use at least 75% of it for payroll. Okay. And if you don't, then the amount, it's, it's, it's not necessarily clear yet to me what happens, but the amount you didn't use certainly is not forgiven and you got to pay it back. So 75% and, is payroll. So you're looking at different businesses that now have 25% of that money to use for product. No, 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 no. You have to use Market. it either for rent 
utilities uh, or uh, interest. Okay. If you, interest. If you bought so the difficult you, thing in that situation is, let's say I run a vape store and I have 10 employees. Well, you may not have the business right now for 10 employees. You don't have the work for 10 employees. Right. Because the, you're standing in front shop. of your shop. So now they're expecting you to, have, to have payroll full time for 10 employees, but you really can't do unless you're just trying to give them jobs like that. I'm using 100% of it for payroll. Yeah. Which you got to remember, take 20% off that I'll have to pay on the back end for taxes. Yeah. To, to, just to work less. I mean, I don't have enough hours for everybody there. Right. I mean, like if we had a store that was coming full of people, booming. booming, Yeah. I needed multiple people on the counter. Now, so it's unrealistic to think I'll get the loan. Well, let's just look back at where you were in, say, October. And it's just business as usual because it's not business as usual anymore. It is not. A friend yeah. of mine, Will Triple, owns the elevator. You yeah. know, the brewery, the elevator right yes. there? A buddy of mine owns that. And they went out and applied and they got the money, right? And they had a large staff there. Right. So then they were like this. They they Great. Uh, they were trying to sign a petition to get it changed because they're like, eight weeks? I've, I, so he can, And all he can do is, like, why do you pull up so, front and say, so, so, I will take a steak? Yeah. So you would pay all of your employees for eight weeks and then you're still not open. Right. And you don't have anything for it. And it's then you, like, and you got nothing for it. Well, and you have to justify it on the back end, right? Well, you can't just have people sitting there twiddling their thumbs. You have, or, I, I have not seen how you have to justify it, but I believe, and if I were advising anybody, including myself, you better be able to. You better be able to say, here's what I did, here's who I paid, and here's why I did it. And keep notes. It doesn't have to be like a report, but just say, hired so-and-so, their job is this, this, and this. If it's not the same job they had before, at least understand what, why, or be able to justify why you're doing it, and do it in good faith. Otherwise, send the money back. You, you know, you almost think if it was structured differently, it might even save the government money. So if yes. you're like, look, I only have business for two people of my 10 employees because the business is so slow, I want to bring back two people. Don't give me all that money. Or you just get the allotment with to the where two. the timeline eight weeks doesn't start until you're allowed to open. That's a good point, too. That would be a good one. Yeah. Because or, there's multiple people that have, have sent the money back. But then you have people collecting unemployment, I guess, until their state decides. Well, and see, that's the problem there, too. Yeah. So right now, with the $600 a week add-on, there are people that are making right. more than they made before. Right. want to come back. Right. And so now you're opening up a restaurant and you've got 50% And anybody with kids is hesitating because they're like, well, should I have to do it? Yeah. I have no, no daycare. So now you want to keep your business going. Okay, we can open up to 50%. I used to have four wait staff. Now we're, we, were, we were at 100. Now we're at 50. I don't need four wait staff. So you pick two. You don't need the full kitchen staff because you're not going to put out that much product. Now on to there, so you hire, so you want to get your good guys back, right? Yeah. So yeah, so you hire one of the best line cooks, but you're like, dishwashers, you guys have to do dishes too, right? Right. Now this guy's like this. Well, the dishwasher's sitting at home making more for doing nothing, and I have to come back here and work harder. Now, unless people were buying bulk food and these restaurateurs had storage and had things froze in, they're going to come back to next to nothing. Because mm-hmm. before spoilage happened, everybody cut deals, sold the meat, sold the protein, sold everything cheap to get it off the shelves because it wasn't going anywhere. Dumped down the milk, tilled up the beans because nobody was buying it, no schools. So now when they do get to reopen, not only are they not going to get as much revenue, yet their outcome is still about equal, but they're going to be paying more on their product that they need to fix and sell. So whenever you go out to eat, it's not only is it going to be more difficult – 
it's going to be more expensive. expensive. Less seats and, now, too. And less seats. So it's not that it'll yeah. be more expensive to where they're making more money. They'll have to charge you more, and they're going to make less. Yes, and you're not going to have as much to spend because you've been out of work for however long. You know, it's like this is a this is a problem that people aren't yet Andy contemplating. Yang, where are you at? Yeah, that's right. So we're just going to give – I saw there was a proposal to give everybody like $2,000. $2, well, when it happened and they started passing out money, that's exactly – he came on the mic. He's like, wait a minute. I've been touting this for but years. But you see, here's what it's going to do this is, exactly is, why it is that work. is going to cause controversy within work scenarios. You might have had a company that everybody was getting along, right, and everything was going fine. Now when you go to pull them back, because I'm not going to kid you around. I mean – my crew, I had a meeting with them. Then again, I said, okay. And, you know, first I thought we were going back to work on the first. They were all happy with it. Then when I found out we couldn't open, I told them, file another week of unemployment. And I've told them, I was like, I'll probably talk to you every day. I'll come up with one plan. The speaker in the sky is going to change my plan. So I've got to change it. And then when I told them all, nope, you're clocking in. You guys are all back at work. And they were like, so we're not, okay. Yeah. Welcome. They were let down, man. They were let down because they were like, and you can't. They've I mean, been, they've if they've been, offered, they've been you offer the job now, you can't honestly answer those unemployment questions. I sat questions. down with each of them individually, and I gave them the first three months of their work run. You know, the first, the second, and the third month of this year, I showed them what they were making on average, how many hours they were working on average, and then I offered them a different deal. Yeah, and then at the end, I and I did it individual with every single one. And I said, "So, do you take the job?" I was like, I'm, I'm, this is what I'm offering. I have to ask that, yeah. And so then I, I, I offered them a job. They all took it. I mean, but now in the end of it, I told them this. This is horrible. I don't know why I'm, I'm, I'm telling on my business here. But I said, uh, we're guaranteed this for eight weeks. Yeah. So what I'm going to need is the help of everybody for us to use our mind, for us to change our business plan, for have different strategies. Like I've, I've got another phone line to do an online, to do and pick up orders. If, and then I told him my estimate of what we needed to do a day through, through September. And I said, we're actually through those eight weeks. And I said, if we can do this, everybody, nobody goes down. Everybody, we can get, everybody gets a raise, except for one guy who gets paid less. You. We don't need to talk about that guy. Yeah, yeah. But, and my plan there is that I want, they're, they're a solid team, and I want to keep them solid, and I want to keep them together, and I want to do whatever kind of industry I'm in with this crew. And they all work full time for me. And this is their income. This is what they do. And man, I tell you, and, and you go through a lot of roller coasters on this, man. I was driving out to my mom and dad's house to help my dad move some furniture. No, ass. and, and man, I just, I, I, I started crying, man, not bawling, but I was just crying because I started thinking, what if I lose it? Yeah. What if we don't make it? You know what I mean? I put a yeah. lot of hard work in here, a number yeah. of years. What if it goes? What if it's not there? And then I have to think about them. And then I have to be like this. What are you going to do, Jared? Well, what, what, what am I going to do? Yeah. And I've got some small plans to help me get me by, but they wouldn't help any of my staff. I could do a Super of the Month Club. I could do some private chef work. That's good for me. Right. It's not good for them. And it's not what I really want to do. Yeah. And, but then I have to figure out what am I going to do? And I guess we'll all see, you know, it's just, what a world. I mean, we have never been through this before. And I think you're going to find. You dug yourself out of that once already. Yeah. No, I've been through worse. Yeah. But this is 
But you're worried about others. But you have yeah, this, this, this was not your responsibility, and I don't. That's not the right word. This was not. This was not a product or a consequence, rather, of some decision you made. And you know, the first time when this first hit, I saw this coming, and I set it down here when we were talking in the studio. When I saw the Arnold was canceled, when I saw that uh, th- that Dewine was canceling these big events, and I looked at you guys and I said. This is really bad. And people are still like, oh, you know, it's uh, that. No, I said, you understand. Even if nothing else happens, this is really bad for my business. Um, and, and then I started to think, then I started to think, all right, how's everybody else impacted? It's like, all right, what about alcohol sales? What about the entertainment industry? What about the Uber drivers? I remember just thinking to myself, I did that quick little exponential math in my head. And I thought, this is really bad. Columbus depends on this. And I had yet even to think like national yet. And I was already like, holy crap, this is horrible. And it was, uh, it, it just is. I don't even know where I was going with all no, that. No, I know where you're going with it. We had multiple conversations, and we were okay. sitting down here, and I was – people that we worked with coming into the studio, they were booking times and stuff, and I was like, they don't know what's going on. They don't get and it. And we weren't worried about the flu. Mm-mm. We weren't worried about the Not corona. Yet. Not yet. Not yet. Now, in that first two weeks, so, you know I mean? I was like, we're okay, worried. let's let's hunker down. Let's let's all close it up. Let's go in. Everybody, we're good. But then it, it, I, I, I do believe that we could open after Easter. Um, well, and you know, there, there's, there's some of that. I mean, it's like, who knows what this is now, but I know this, oh, I, I know what I was going to say, like, none of that was your fault. I mean, so there, there are decisions I've made as a business owner that I have regretted now regretted in the sense, I'm not beating myself up. I did maybe the best I could, but I would have said that, yeah, probably should have taken that cue and done something else. And so if I don't make as much, or if I lose some money and I have on some businesses, uh, I'll take responsibility for that. That's on me. This one is not your fault. I mean, we didn't do anything wrong. Oh, I know I was going to say. It was right when that was happening. I had interaction with somebody with whom I was friendly and maybe not so much anymore. And that individual said, what? You know, you didn't plan for this? Or what, you don't have anything in reserve? And I, I looked at him and I just I, I thought to myself, this idiot has no clue. Because, uh, like, I could have a reserve, but I was, I was like, envisioning, like, all the, like, the overhead that most businesses have. And you might have one or two months in reserve to make your payroll, um, maybe one or two weeks if you're a restaurant, or maybe a little more, a little less. But it, it would be unrealistic to say I can come out of pocket in reserve in, indefinitely and make my business expenses uh, the ends meet. It, it's absurd. And the, the implication from that question I got was it made me feel really bad. I went home and I, I cried that. And I was just like, are you kidding me? I mean, it was like, it was, it was very emotional for me to think that. So then I started thinking, well, maybe you should have saved more. Maybe you should have done that. Maybe you should have done that. And maybe I should have, but I never would have been able to make it till now anyway. So it's like, it, it doesn't, uh, it's not that, it's not that anybody, like you want to ask somebody, how many mortgage payments do you have in reserve? Now I know where you are, Jared, and it's awesome for it, but how many mortgage payments do you have in reserve or car payments in reserve or your lifestyle in reserve if you got fired now and had no opportunity to go get other work. It's like, where are you now? And that's what every business owner was facing. That's what mm-hmm. every employee is thinking right now. I mean, we're, well, we're afraid of losing the job. To, the, we all the got different shoes. Yeah. We all got different angles. We all, exactly. You know I mean? and, like, and there's no easy mental impacted. health for anybody. Yeah. You know, and then you're bombarded with this this news, and it's just so much. And then you got friends and family, and then you got the fear of the virus, and you got the fear of living. You got the fear of how we're going to overcome and come back through with this. Right. That it is, it, it really 
has pulled, like, you know, I mean, I got employed. Well, you had a lot of employers that did try to keep people on that just didn't take a paycheck. It's like, I mean, I'm not getting on DeWine, but it's not like DeWine stood up there and said, hey, just so you know, what is going on? I'm not taking a paycheck. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, you're making those very difficult choices and you're not in the trenches with people that are either a business owner or an employee and the business owner saying, I love my employees, but I can't function if I'm dipping into every reserve I have and not taking a paycheck. Well, I looked at and then it, you have yeah. the employees that say, well, I've worked for you for so long. Why wouldn't you just do this for me? It's like, it's, it's, it's sad either way. Well, it's, 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 there's no right answer. None. You know what I mean, so the hard leadership, you know, a good friend of ours said this to me. He's like, you know, you can always tell he was in the military. You can always tell bad leadership when it wasn't definitive. And, you know, it's like you got it when people waffle or don't or don't uh, make decisions or the hard decisions and it becomes a sort of gray area decision or whatever it is. I mean, you got to make the hard decision. And like we were talking about this before, some action was necessary. So if you're going to analyze your business and you're analyzing it this way. All right. Let's assume this is two months. Could I float that? Yes. Let's assume it's three months. Could I float that? No. Or maybe yes. What if it's six? Where, do, where does it become that you can't float it? And then if you say, if I get to six, there is no guarantee if I could float it that long that it will come back at six. It might be seven or eight or nine. Oh, but maybe I could get this loan, but John's getting full employment. Jim well, filed at the same time. He's got nothing. And this is so before, it's like, who knows if I'm even going to get that? And this is before you know even I mean? the loan was even thought of. Right. I mean, before that was even considered. So, And then if it's not the type of loan that's coming out now, it's like, what is a loan? A loan is something you pay back. Right. So if I'm going to borrow <laughs> I mean, like a disaster loan at 5% or yeah. 4% and I got to pay back a couple hundred grand, it's like, oh, that doesn't help me. So then I had, you have to go through this thought process and business owners, I'm sure all did it. And to me, it was like, all right, we're on a boat and the boat is taken on water. And if you have five people or six people or 10 people or a hundred people on the boat, depending on how big your boat is, it's going to take on water faster and it's going to sink. Um, or you have, and on that boat, you have like uh, uh, life savers, preservers that you can throw out in the water. Now it sucks, but all those other people, they can, they can survive out there in that water and maybe the boat won't sink then because there's not as much weight in it. And it takes X number of people to bail the water in the boat and we, the curves are going to cross at maybe four or five or 10 or a hundred, whatever big your business yeah. is. So you have to do that. And knowing full well that it sucks that these other people are going to be cold in the water, but, um, and they're going to think, well, that sucks because that guy gets to be in the boat. But the reality is if, if you, if, if somebody immediately says, well, I'm going to do the right thing, or I'm going to be this, this stand up person and I'm going to spend every penny I have to keep my employees as long as I have, well, in six weeks you have nothing and they have nothing and nobody has anything to come back to and jobs are all gone. So these are the hard decisions that I can, I never was in the military, but you just think you have to commit so many soldiers to do this, knowing full well that they may not make it um, because then others can survive. I mean, it, it's a, it's a hard call. It is a horrible, And again, I'm not, I, th I think DeWine, honestly, I think DeWine's done a pretty good job. I mean, I know that he probably stays up every single night and stresses over this. He's probably taken years off his life, having to stand there every day and announce this, knowing that there are people that, are going to be on either side, no matter what you say. You've taken jobs away from people to, to, to try to keep them safe. You've gotten advice from doctors. You think this is the right play. You're trying to, I mean, I honestly think his heart's in the right place. I think he's, I think he's taken on stress like in, uh, no every question. governor across the United sure, States is no taking question. on stress that normally would but not be there. Just like Jared but, had to change his tact. 
just like you had to change directions, just like when you found out there's different rules, you got to say, all right, different different game plan now, guys. We're going this direction. Uh, I think government actors, even in good faith, have a difficult time doing that because of the very nature of their of their support structure. So if, if you're a leader and you say, look, I got to change paths now, we're going to do it differently instead – it's like they're going to get flack for that. Uh-huh. And, See, and, you did know what you're doing. And that's going to be and I don't and and that's going to be I think that guides people's decisions. I think that's why people often ride a horse too long. And is DeWine riding the horse too long? I would say this, without answering that, I'm going to say this. I was in favor of shutting down to some extent when I first saw the numbers, when I first read about it, when I first talked to Dr. Pulaski about what this was doing in Italy and other places. I was like, "Holy crap, maybe this is more than what we thought." Um, and I thought to myself, we need time to figure this out. And if it's going to be two or three weeks, four weeks, that makes sense to me. But then five weeks, six weeks, or then whatever the time frame was, then the other numbers start coming out where, all right, it doesn't look like it's going to be yeah. four or 5% of the population dying. It's going to be like point something. <clears throat> and, and not well, to say I care about it. those deaths. I don't, but what I, I, I mean, it's not <laughs> say I don't care. I do a lot, but what I'm saying is we had different data when it started and now right. we have different data now. And it that, makes sense to me that to, you can change your tact and, and make different decisions based on today's data. Yeah. And I saw you you could see a piece of DeWine in the doc, though. When we talked to, to, to the doctor last time we talked to him, we asked him that question. Should we open back up? He knows the numbers like you do. And his response was not quick. He, he was like, uh, you could see now what DeWine's struggling with because it's like he knows the numbers. We watched him. And when you said open back, he was not to say, absolutely, this is this needs. He did not say that. So it was telling to me that even he, with his knowledge far beyond mine and his understanding of viruses, was not quick to say. Well, why just does DeWine right have any up. more understanding of viruses than you because have? I, well, because I think he's sitting there talking to doctors like doc, like. Okay, so you can't too. I had this debate with somebody recently. Like, well, they have they have access to, or they can talk to scientists. And we I, are. And I looked. He at him, was not just quick to say open back up. He, he did not, not say that. And I and I'm not. Look, I'm not going to take a position on that one way or another. Although it's going to be obvious. Um, maybe uh, part of his equation, part of the decision making process, has a political component to it. And in fact, not even maybe it does. So again, this is not to say he's a bad person because of that, but if he's relying on a, a political component for his existence, then it's going to be baked into every cake he makes, and that's just how it is. And it's not a bad thing. It's not an illegal thing. It's not a criminal thing. He's got political decisions to make. That is the politician's job to say it's otherwise is nonsense. So if he has got a political uh, component to this, he's got a lot of things that he, he's got too many masters to please perhaps. And if that's the situation, then it impacts the decision-making process that he's making or that he's engaged in. It just does. But I think if Acton or other docs looked at him and said, look, we need to impose masks. We need to say these these are important. Uh, we need to say social distancing is, is important. We need to come up with a plan, top 10 things you need to do to keep yourself safe during, during a, a pandemic and open back up. If somebody said that to DeWine, I think he would open back up. Clearly, I think Acton is much like the doc we have here, well, is saying, again, doctor, I don't know that it's safe to necessarily open back everything up. And so he's not, taking a very is, she's not capable of cautious, cautious, is this, cautious approach. Is this, is this going to cure the cancer, doc? And in your political science, I'm just I'm just kind of going yeah. off here. Somebody comes to you, a client, and they're like, well, am I going to do time? 
what kind of answer can you give them? Uh, sometimes I give them yes. But sometimes you Sometimes you simply, I say I don't know. Okay. Sometimes I say I think there's a really good chance you're not. But you have to make a call on the case with that information. And, you know, a lot of times, and this is what we talk about all the time, I see people, I see attorneys checking boxes just because later on the optics will look like they did what they should have done. And it's not necessarily the best thing for the case. I mean, it not it, sometimes it's right to plead the OVI and 4C, even knowing that you could plead not guilty and act like you fought it, but you know better. You know right. that right now, this is as good as it's going to get. And are you 100% sure? No. But you, you can you can put your reputation, you can put your uh, everything that you are on the line and make that call. And you can't do that day one of your practice. You can do that like year 10 of your practice. Right. And if if you make that decision, you can be comfortable in it. Um, now, if but what I took from the doc was this new little modification is probably the way we should go because he's like we need to look at how the numbers the people that did open up look at how those numbers are. I need disagree to look at what Ohio that. numbers are. You're talking about Doc Pulaski last yeah. week. Yeah, I disagree yeah. with that because I to me that is another. Well, let's say it spikes again. To, it will. It's going to spike again. The numbers will spike. In well, no matter what, we have more testing. There's more testing and there's more people that are going to be exposed. It will spike. It has to. It will spike now or it will spike in six months or it will spike in a year. To me, statistically, it has to. The question is. But he he'd said like, the, the more time we have people working around the clock for either then we have remedies to, to deal with this or a vaccine or whatever. Then we have to define that. We can say, all right, now the shutdowns are start to give us time to get a vaccine. Does that make sense? And how long is that going to be? But because when we originally shut down, it was only to ramp up medical supplies and hospital care and avoid a, a complete overwhelming uh, flood of patients. That's a different. Uh, now it's like, all right, so that passed. We need to do more of this and let's do it until we get a vaccine. Now, what if the vaccine doesn't come in six months, but it's only two months away? See, now we're beyond the capability of Dr. Pulaski, with all due respect, of Dr. Amy Acton, with all due respect, to make that decision because there are other factors that need to go into it. How many, how many people, how many lives, how many homes, how many uh, economic uh, uh, structures are we going to destroy because, while we're waiting to save those people uh, with a vaccine that may or may not come and may or may not be effective? And I'm not saying I should be, we should be callous to people who might get sick and die. I'm not saying that at all. But it's not fair to, to, to only look at it from that angle. And when I say that Dr. Pulaski or Dr. Acton, they're not capable of making that decision, it is because it's beyond their expertise. Their expertise is the medicine. Her expertise is not economics. When's the last time? I mean, maybe it is, but I'm not, I've not heard that. She's not an economist. She's not a – Well, I, 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 I think it would be insane to say that that isn't something being considered every time DeWine speaks, the impact um, on, the, on the economy. I'm sure it is. Is I'm sure it's a factor. He I'm may, sure it's a factor. He, and he may not be qualified that way. This is why uh, when we you first- a panel. When we first, I, well, for this you do. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, the first time we started talking about this, I said, here's what I'd want in my White House. I'd want like five doctors with all different viewpoints. I'd want five economists with all, and five yeah. is an arbitrary number, but right. it's, it's more you. than one. Uh, with their viewpoints. I want local business. I want corporate business. Wouldn't it be bad to throw want, a psychologist in? I want psychologists. Yeah, to talk about mental health I want sociologists. Yeah. I want to know yeah. everything. And then you're going to have to make a decision based upon that imperfect information, but at least you have as much as you can get. So if you just say single-handedly, if we, it is true. I've said this for years. If you put jackboots on the ground, everybody, all the government actors are carrying guns, you will eliminate crime. It will happen, but it comes with a cost. 
it, it just does. So we could prevent everybody from getting this disease by simply putting boots on the grounds with, with guns and making everybody stay home and we can deliver the bare essential food to their households. And we could do that for a long, long time until we had a vaccine and then people won't get sick and everyone would be fine. It'll ruin our existence the way we've known it since 1776, but we could do that. Um, and does anybody think that's what we should do? And if you do, then at least admit that, you know, at least admit that you're ruining everything. Um, and this is where the conspiracy theories are born because there are people that hate this country. There are people that would love to see it turn to some sort of utopian, socialistic, happy world. Um, and, and this happens to, to, to sort of tack in the same direction as that. Um, now, I don't think there's a conspiracy theory because of it, but I can see why people do. I mean, this, this, this is pointing in that direction. So, yeah, we, that's what we want to do because then, then we'll get to my utopia. Well, my utopia is something different. My utopia is a free market where we can all go do whatever the hell we want within reason that we don't hurt others. We can engage in American freedoms that we've had forever and, and, and do what we do, although imperfect. So th- this is completely inconsistent with one or the other. And I, and I guess that's where the politics come into play, and that's why it gets questioned. I didn't know where I started, but you get you, you started on a boat. Right? Whenever you said the boat, I started thinking. I started thinking about that boat, and in the future, when we start do opening back up, there's going to be a bunch of small businesses, especially they'll be on a boat that they have to look to cut bait. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they're going to fight it for a while, and then you, you got to look at it to where you're like, I can't drain every dollar I have. Right. I, you know, I mean, I'm going to have to restart. On so at one point in time, you have to be like this. We tried. Well, let's say we're Cameron we Mitchell. Gave, we gave it, yeah. He's got cut Think bait. Think about all those stores employees. You yeah. can't just go full force again. No, he's going to cut bait. Yeah. You know, some of them he's going to have to drop. Some are not going to make it out. And no fault of his own, no, no fault, fault of his product, no fault of his staffing, no fault of his you know misappropriating funds. And maybe his decision to delay it instead of just – so allocating all your money for to look great and spending it on your employees for the first three weeks of the shutdown, uh, that would have guaranteed no jobs. But maybe if he spread it out and thinned, thinned it and, 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 and prolonged it as long as he could, and even though if it still goes under, which is a more noble effort? Which required more sacrifice? Right. Which which would you do if you're sitting in the boat? You know, it's like, and there's there may be no right answer to that. No, right. I mean, there's people that have done, taken different paths, tried new things. I mean, it's just, there's just so, if there's I, no correct answer. Like I saw Hoofhearted comes out with a beer on Wednesday, 100% of the sales go to the laid off employees. Which then you factor that into unemployment. Who knows? Who knows what right. people are doing? Yeah. But literally, they're giving all the money from that particular beer to the to the employees that are either, <coughs> either laid off or working part time or whatever. Um, and it may you know, be, and they're doing those things. But I mean, their their kitchen's not open. They're not. They don't have the food sales. They probably don't have the patrons going to the brewery because now you can't sit there and hang out. Um, so they're at a loss. It's like there's this. I think I think employees should should cut their employers or at least realize the position their employers have been put in and employers should realize the position their employees have been put on. And hopefully, you know, it's not through just, the grace of God, we can all get through this together. If somebody's laid off or somebody's not working or a business isn't reopening as fast as you'd want, I guess I think maybe the best point is it is not because necessarily the owner is a greedy SOB. Maybe, uh, it, it, everybody's suffering, right? And then, and then the same is true going the other way. So how you're asking an employee to come back and they're getting more not to like, I just can't do that, man. I, I just, I need to be up moving. 
I never rolled that way. Sit. I, I just never. can't sit. It makes me nervous to accept a dollar from the go. I just, and that doesn't mean it's bad. I mean, I, I, I think the people out there that need it, but I'm just, I'd rather be working for it. That's how it know? should be. Yeah. But yeah, that, that's, that's just me. So I guess on that, I'm not going to buy the 0% 60 months deal unless they had the Ram charger re-release. <laughs> then I'd probably jump on that. And the pr- otherwise the price. But you've seen, that's just uh, it right there. They're offering out the 0%, but it's like, maybe you should just keep your, your clunker man and, and put the $500 into it, you know, because who knows? I mean, Boy, do we have a long, long road to hoe. No, we got, we, I mean, yeah, it's, this is, it, this is it, we haven't even started and, and we'll see where it goes. And we are resilient as Americans. Well, we do have a roadmap for this. You know, it's in like Noah's story, right? So what's the lesson? Prepare for the flood because it's always coming. Mm. It's always coming. So if you didn't buy it, if you were on the fence about whether to buy the fancy new car that would have pushed your budget six months ago and you said yes to that, now you're really regretting it. If you were mm. on the fence and you didn't say yes to that, uh, well, you're thinking, man, at least I didn't buy that. Or if you're going to upgrade your house because times are great in 2007, so you pay for this big house and uh, then it then it collapses, it's like, all right, well, I mean, you, what's that? That's a lesson learned, right? Maybe we can all live uh, without the government telling us this stuff or forcing it uh, a little bit uh, safer, perhaps. I don't know. Or more, more within our means. If you, so if you're living outside your means before you're in worse you're worse off now than if you weren't, I guess that's the thing. So I think people are holding on to the money of what they have. It's mm-hmm. going back to like nine 11. I saw that at the private clubs mm-hmm. where, you know I mean? The world shook and people with money stopped spending it. Yep. Yeah. They're like, Nope, I'm going to hold on to it. And, and that let's cut this hole in the mattress. And that's going to have, you know, the, the effects of the economy. We have plenty of shows to come on that, I suppose. Indeed we do. Well, this has been another really long, riveting episode of Lawyer Talk off the record on the air. we got a couple people to thank. Freddie B., of course, making it sound awesome. Dan, Dan, photo Dan, making, uh, making all the, the technological stuff occur with video, with photographs, and uh, even some of the coding on the website. So that's awesome. Uh, we've, you were here in Studio C. Jared, you got the comedians. That's not lost. We talked about them. We're bringing them back. Things are opening up. We still, the show must go on. Lawyer Talk is going to go on as long as I am still here sucking air in 511 Studio C. Uh, that'll happen. Uh, as always, any questions that we didn't cover that you want to get it covered, uh, look us up. You can see us at OhioLegalDefense.com. There is a website now for Lawyer Talk off the record on the air.com. Check it out. It is there. Uh, you can uh, submit your questions. We'll talk about them. And, you know, Jeff, maybe in a, next week there even might be a phone number people could dial after we talk to the Blitz. Sorry about the confusion there, a little technological difficulty, but we are doing it every week. And uh, maybe we'll drop a number for people to call uh, even after we go off the air with a Blitz. We can sort of take some calls real time right here, certainly answer emails and texts anyway. But all right, well, this is Lawyer Talk Off the Record on the air. COVID continues, at least until now.